She was part of the Air Force. I was part of the band. I was used to burst into her hand. My, my, my imagination. Hey, ba, 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 ba. welcome to Gold Derby Horses. Ba, da, da. Yes. Um, <laughs> this, this, uh, this podcast is sponsored by uh, being funny in a foreign, uh, foreign language. By the 1975, we are not paid by um maddie healy or dirty hit for this um it is a genuine endorsement so at first i thought you were just gonna say that this was a podcast that's being sponsored by being funny <laughs> i was like are we feeling at that right now <laughs> no 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 that's that's not what we're doing here uh that's so good though <laughs> anyways um you all know who we are george brett uh brett did you forget Hi. the rest of us i was waiting on brett i thought you were trying to figure out our names oh, i've actually changed my name to um Bretty atar Bretty, okay Bretty atar is here um tristan i changed my name to trista cooney what? Rakakuni? Never mind. That was bad. <laughs> uh, we, we got uh, Jasmine here. Hi, I can't come up with a creative name, so hello. And then we have a returning guest who was on uh, an episode a long, long time ago, and he's coming on here uh, for this specific one, Lester. Hello, and I don't want to have a name <laughs> like them. <laughs> and, it's Lester uh, Ailey, though. No, stop it. <laughs> um, we have, uh, you know, there's going to be another part of this episode featuring Sam that is going to be kind of stitched together with this um, with this podcast here. Um, the only the only way we can we can do this because we've got a lot on our plate this time around. Um, so how about we start? All I have on my plate is mashed potatoes, George. <laughs> so how about we start <laughs> with the, uh, the Gotham Award nominations? Oh my god. So, yeah, let's start with the, with the, with the Gotham Awards, um, nominations. Let me see if I can, okay, um... Did someone say Gotham? Yeah, Batman. That's clearly what we mean. No, just that was the wrong Batman theme. Damn it. Um, okay, so we're off to a great start, everybody. Um, yeah, this clearly. is good. I like this podcast a lot. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we'll start with the Gotham nomination. <laughs> oh my fucking god. Okay. Gotham Award nominations. They do both TV and um, series or and movies, I should say. Um, I don't know if we're going to go through the series ones, um, but I will say the rehearsal is nominated for Breakthrough Nonfiction Series. So. Heck yeah, let's go. You guys watch not- Pachinko too, right? Is it nonfiction? I, I haven't seen it- all of it. The rehearsal is definitely nonfiction. Yeah, 
the categorization of the rehearsal is really complicated so nonfiction is fine it, it yeah. is complicated but it's definitely nonfiction. it's real people it's mostly nonfiction, i would say like is it like it, a mockumentary no, no. It's, it's not all real but it's a lot it's kind a of lot. like borat right a lot of it is, a lot of it is very real the thing is is that like i think gosh i just like it's hard to get into without spoiling um yeah i'll try my best i think nathan provides himself to be the most vulnerable in this show and i think it really cuts into like who he is as an individual and as a person especially towards the last few episodes and he is talking to people who he is doing this experiment with who are legitimate people right so i think it definitely is nonfiction. even if they're setting up situations it's like they're putting real people into them you know yeah um i think that's fair but you know we're gonna hope that it that uh it wins because you know we yeah. love we love our man nathan fielder um the web is the greatest movie ever made <laughs> yeah dude the web is our best picture um every year since it's came out it did yeah. get that elaine award yes <laughs> <laughs> Definitely better than me farting on command. <laughs> I don't know about that though. Me farting on command, super experimental and awesome. Um, it gets underrated, I think. Um, okay, let's uh, let's stop this Nathan for you referencing. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I've got to also mention in that category because Helmer would want me to mention this. The last movie stars was also nominated, which is the Paul Newman documentary series. Oh, okay. That is something that only <laughs> Alex Helmer has watched. It's his favorite thing of the year. I'm pretty sure he loves it. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Well, um, I guess we can move on to the actual film categories now. Um, we've got breakthrough performer uh, Anna Cobb in "We're All Going to the World's Fair," uh, Frankie Corio in "After Sun." Anna Diop and Nanny. Garcia Filipovic in Marina. And Kali Reyes in Catch the Fair One. I'm probably mispronouncing a couple of those names. Um, I did not know that was eligible this year. But I, I've never even heard of Catch the Fair One. I saw it at um, Tribeca last year. Really good movie. How is Callie in it? Really good. It's a very deserved nomination. I just didn't know it's eligible this year. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say the only. Well, I mean, I, it's not the only movie I've seen. I've seen We're All Going to the World's Fair and After Sun. Those are the two movies I've seen in this category. And Frankie Corio should definitely win this. Yeah, I've like, seen three of these. Those two and Nanny. And Nanny, I mean, not a great movie, but Anna Diop is incredible. But yeah, I agree with you. Frankie Corio's in another level. Yeah, I think Frankie will just win just because I think she's the most like known name on here. Yeah, yeah, it's it's that's absolutely like it would be one of the most deserved awards for After Sun to win. That's like full 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 stop, really. 
although I am hearing great things about Marina. Um, I know it's one of David Sims' favorite movies of the year. Interesting. Okay, well then we have a best supporting performance because they have combined uh, the, the supporting. They, they, they're doing gender neutral categories, basically, is what they're doing. And 10 in each, right? And 10 in each. Yeah. I think so, the Gotham's doing really well, honestly. I don't think like the way the Gotham's do them are like a problem or anything. I'm just keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, because this specific one is perfectly split by gender. Um, and so, you know, for this, we've got we've got Jesse Buckley in Women Talking, Raul Castillo in The Inspection, Hong Chow in The Whale, Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway, Nina Haas in Tar, Noemi Melon in Tar, um, Kihoi Kwan in Everything Everywhere All at Once, Mark Rylance in Bones and All, Gabrielle Union in the inspection and Ben Wishaw in Women Talking. Number one, um, wants a really interesting show though, because I've seen literally no one talk about her. So that was a really surprising one. Yeah. yeah. I've seen no one talk about her in that movie. There are three movies with two actors nominated here. So um, do you want want to hear something kind of... being in this is a really interesting choice? I, I think it might have been because they capped it at two per movie. That's what I'm thinking. Because, like, three for one movie is a lot, right? Oh, fair, yeah. And, no, like... It's definitely really interesting not having Claire here, because I think Claire's the best performance in the movie, personally. Yeah. I'm glad Wishaw's here, though, because he's really, really good in the movie. And I, mean, he... I love Wishaw. I wouldn't personally give him a nomination, but I'm, like, fine with it. But not at the expense of Claire Foy, though. Yeah. Yeah, Foy should be here, for sure. Um, okay, kind of funny story. When I was watching Tar, I had heard all of this hype for uh, Nina Haas, right? And I thought Naomi was Nina because I forgot. I, like, I'm like, oh, I recognize that girl, but I forgot she was from Portrait of, of a Lady on Fire. So I thought Naomi Merlant was Nina for the entire movie. And I'm like, yeah, she deserves all the praise. And then I find out that Nina Haas is actually someone different. Yeah. You know Haas is um, Lydia's wife, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's great in the movie. I mean, I don't know if I'd give her a nomination, but, like, I get it. You know what I mean? She's great, but I think Naomi's better. And I know that's probably a hot take. But... Uh, I think they're both solid. They're I both mean, really good. Yeah. The thing about that movie, though, it's just, it's a Kate Blanchett show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, everyone else is just kind of there to support Kate Blanchett doing her thing. I'm used to hot take in the fact that, again, I've heard no one talk about Naomi's performance in Tar. Like, literally not a single person. <laughs> like, just since they, like, I'm the first person I've heard actually, like, talk about think... how Naomi Merlot was at when, um, in Tar. I don't think she has enough to do in order to get, like, an Oscar nomination. That's but... what I've heard. I've heard, like, yeah. Nina would be, like, the, um, the, I... like, the nomination. Yeah, Nina would be the one they push because she has a crying scene, you know. No, okay, she does. Yeah, <laughs> but, like, really even Nina then, I don't the... think, I don't think she would get nominated. Yeah, I think Nina is the more interesting character. Yeah, sure. totally. I think Nina would be the coattail. She'd be like a real coattail. Mm -hmm. They really, really like Tar. Like, yeah, yeah. If she gets nominated and we're like, oh, Tar might get picture, you know? <laughs> yeah, and Tar did very well here, mm -hmm. which means 
a lot of film ball points on our film ball league for me. So well, they fucking love them. Also, just to remind anyone listening that the Gothams are five people, by the way. You can yeah. who they are. They are five people. Just to, but it's still a good early reiterate. indicator that worth. Yeah, just like a kind of because I think a lot of people forget that it is five people. It, is it, it actually be, five? Yeah, Isn't it like a hundred? No, it's five. The nomination board is five. What? That's yeah. insane. Well, it's different jurors for each category, I think, which will explain some other snubs that come later. But yeah, yeah, they're probably it's published on Twitter every single year who they're nominating people are. Yeah, but I. I know that every year we talk about the Gothams and then we go, there's some crazy snubs here. And then we end up always having the conversation of like, oh yeah, but it'll still get in the Oscars and then it does. <laughs> like yeah. I feel like that happens every single year. There's, there's some and there's some stuff like that we'll probably talk about later. Some snubs here that definitely mean that there's like done in the award season conversation because if it can't get in Gothams, it's not going anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> what? I, I, Shots I are real smooth. <laughs> Yeah, oh, again, Gotham's not I mean, Cha Cha was already done, but like, it was um, done. But if it can't go, it's buried. It's buried. It's uh, done. I think it's done for Oscars. For Golden Globes, though, I'd wait until. No, no, no. no. If if Gotham's won't touch it, the Globes won't. I also don't think. I don't think Gotham's better chance. I also don't think any spirits will touch it either. If we can, if we think Gotham's gonna do it, I don't know I, about that. I think indie spirits are gonna be all over it. I, don't know. Exists first. I still I still think it's gonna pop over the globes, maybe, but I also don't think Apple's really pushing it too much. At they're all. not I don't even know what they're doing. They're not even pushing beer run either. I they're like they're doing pushing nothing. Will Smith to <laughs> That's so oh dumb. God. They should just push fucking Jennifer Lawrence. Just push her. If she's great in the movie. And Brian Tyree Henry, just push them. Well, Brian Tyree Henry did get in at the Gotham's. Yeah, and they can keep pushing him. He's probably going to get in at um, Indie Spirits. But, oh, if he's longest at the BAFTA, then he'll get nominated there. But I don't, I don't, I don't think that he's going to go that much further. I just, I just don't think Apple has a very good slate this year. No, unfortunately not, no. Because so many people are like, oh my God, but they won last year. And I'm like, cool, they don't have anything this year. Um, so then we move on to outstanding lead performance. <clears throat> we have Kate Blanchett in Tar, Danielle Deadweiler in Till, Dale Dickey in A Love Song, Colin Farrell in After Yang, Brendan Fraser in The Whale, Paul Mescal in After Sun, um, Tandaway Newton in God's Country. Aubrey Plaza and Emily the Criminal, Taylor Russell in Bones and All, and Michelle Yeoh in Everything Everywhere. Did me not see a love song at Sundance? I did. Um, it's kind of um, a little bit like Nomadland uh, in terms of it's it's about um, you know people in their vans, but it's uh, it's solid. It's very small. It's very intimate. Um, Dale Dickey's very good, but it's it's not a great film. It's not really very memorable. And did anyone see God's Country or whatever I, it's called? I also saw God's Country. Uh, I, I didn't like it at all. But Tandy Wave Newton's really good in it. it it's kind of one of those movies that starts off very strong, but it takes some turns that um, make the characters do things that are very out of character. 
Mm. And it kind of bothered me. And I also saw Emily the Criminal, which I thought was solid. There's a very different nomination. I saw Emily the Criminal. It was, it was, it was, it was decent. It was a decent nomination. Yeah, movies, movies, I'm kind of a little lower on the movie than other yeah, people I because I know a lot of people love it, but it's a deserved nomination for all the blogs. She's great in like everything she's in, so. Yeah, she's good. Um, this is kind of a strong category, it looks like, because, I mean, I have not seen Tar yet. I've not seen Till yet. I've obviously not seen The Whale yet. Um, and I've not seen Bones and all yet, but those look really good. And, you know, Colin Farrell's excellent in After, After Yang, and Paul Mescal is amazing in After Sun, and obviously Michelle Yeoh is great. Um, so this is like a pretty strong category, but I'm, I'm going to say right here, Kate Blanchett is winning this award. No. He's also winning the Oscar. It's done. No. I think it's a big battle between her and Fisher. I, I, I think they're going to do Tar. I think Tar is going to like do a near sweep here. Yeah, I think at least for the Gotham's Blanchett wins. Yeah, I, it's, yeah. If, if she's getting the Oscar too, I would be shocked. I would be shocked if she did not win the Oscar. Like this is the most Oscar performance maybe ever, <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, no, it's just like one of those. I mean, this is a, a bad example because he didn't win, but like. It very much feels like an Adam Driver in Marriage Story or a Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea type of performance. Like, she's in every scene in the movie. She's commanding every moment of screen time that she's in. And she's pretty much sharing the whole thing, creating this character. I just, like, I I love Michelle Yeoh. I really do. I, I love her, and she's absolutely fantastic in the movie. And if she won, that would be awesome. Like, I'm not obviously going to complain if she won. But she, like, she isn't carrying that movie in the same way that Kate Blanchett is carrying Tar. Yeah. Like, everything of her all at once has a lot going for it, including her performance. Tar is a very stripped down and restrained movie where if you don't buy into Lydia Tar as a human being and understand her own emotional pathos, the movie fundamentally doesn't work even as well written as it is so like it is one of those things where it's like she had a lot of responsibility to be able to do this and the way that she pulls it off so seamlessly i'm just like yeah we'll have i think we're going to give kate blanchett her third oscar that's that's all i'll say like you guys just need to see it it's 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 remarkable it's insane like that's all i'll say it's just like she commands and demands ever like so much and i think it's it's another one of those like people talk the, the same way about anthony hopkins and the father but it really does feel like it'll be like a acting class like okay what well, you guys need to go home and um study the acting that kate blanchett does on tar and write like a two-page paper about it or whatever like that's the type of performance that it feels like yeah i think it's one of the best we've ever seen yeah, 100%. I'll tell you in like 12 hours. Not 12, 24 hours. There we go. Not 12 hours. Um, but I, I, I feel that uh, uh, Quan is going to win the uh, supporting. 
yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I could definitely see. I would definitely see that. So I, um, I think there is going to be support for everything everywhere. In yeah, that regard. I, everything everywhere still has like I, I think it's, it still it did well at the Gotham's. Yeah. Oh, it did very well. Yeah, it's yeah. that after Sun and Tar are off to a very good start, and yeah. the inspection, the inspection did quite well. Um, but Kate is winning in the lead category. Like she just, she just says. Yeah, uh, the whale did do well enough for Frazier to pull this off. And it's also not as be that beloved by critics as we know. So, the movie, uh, the performance is very beloved. True. All right. <laughs> this is the one that made me, that initially made me freak out a little bit, um, but you know we'll get into it here. We have best screenplay uh, after Yang, Armageddon Time, Catherine called Birdie, Let's Go, Tar, and Women Talking. Oh, Lena Dunham, like good for her. It's not, not really. good for her. Oh my god! So, so um, the Gotham Awards really, really nominated um, sexual assaulter Lena Dunham. <laughs> Apparently it's I a banger though. Over, over every, actually really good. Over <laughs> everything, everywhere, and after sun. This is like, no, this this, oh. this is not. I am not okay with this. No, no. This, I didn't I even realize. The, 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 the people on the Gotham, <laughs> people on the Gotham's uh, committee need to be incarcerated. I, I think we should probably watch Catherine called Birdie first though, because like David Sims and David Ehrlich Ar really really liked it. So I want to watch it. David it. is really good. It's apparently really good. Yeah, but yeah, why are we nominating Lena Dunham? Yeah, I mean, she sucks. But. I I just I just imagine uh, whenever Trista said good for her, I imagine Lena Dunham in Midsummer with the flowers on her head. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, she's in Midsummer? No. no! Oh my god! Oh, I'm saying the good for her arc. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now I want that. I want that edit. Um. Anyway. Oh. Um. Yeah, Catherine Colberti. I was gonna go see it, and it was in my theater for approximately three seconds. <laughs> It's on Amazon though, like right now. It is on Amazon. Yeah, I want to oh, see it. Okay. It is apparently good. So. Let's watch it right now and stitch that <laughs> into this gold derby. Horses okay. episode. <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> oh lord, Lord like, of Mercy. Why is this podcast six hours long? Well, <laughs> uh, this is Satan Tango. Um, yeah. Uh, no. Um, okay. As we've mentioned, all of these juries are like exactly five people for each category. So, um, it really doesn't mean that much in terms of like an Oscar nomination, ultimately speaking. That being said, why would you nominate Lena Dunham over After Sun and everything everywhere? <laughs> like that's just like that. That's very sussy baka of of these um of these voters. Among Us. Um, <laughs> I'm the, sorry. The thing, okay, continue. <laughs> um, I think you, you may disagree with this, George. But After Sun to me isn't really much of a um, screenplay film. I think it's. It's really her direction that makes that. I mean, so it deserves a nomination over Catherine Colbert, probably, but 
I, I would go. I mean, in defense, none before. of us have seen the movie. None of us have seen it. I mean, that is true. It could be a top five. This could I be think, very stupidly have a movie. Probably. I feel like if you're a big um, After Sun supporter, you have to give the like screenplay credit. You have like to give the screenplay credit. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, because, like, that movie is just like two people being sad on a summer vacation. Like, there's a lot of writing to make that work. You know what I mean? That is true. Yeah. I just feel that what makes it stand out is more like the direction and how she uses like the, the camcorders and um, more, more yeah, so than like the writing itself. One of my favorite sequences of film this year is the one that involves the, them filming the tube TV to yeah. show like, their reflections. Like it's incredibly clever and innovative, but like in very like subtle ways. So yeah, I, I like I'm all down for her getting nominated for director, which she does, like newcomer director, because like yeah, it's like a really well helmed movie for sure. So anyway, Tara's winning. <laughs> yeah. It, it's literally I mean spoiler, but like it's literally the only one of these that's nominated for feature here. Uh, it's taking that. All right, uh, then we have the Bingham Ray Breakthrough Director Award. Um, so this is going to be um, an interesting one. Uh, we have Charlotte Wells for After Sun, of course. Owen Klein for Funny Pages. Elegance Bratton for The Inspection. Antonetta Alamat Kuzigenovi. For Marina, Beth de Araujo, I don't know, for South and Quiet, and Jane Schoenbrunn for We're All Going to the World's Fair. Uh, has anyone here seen Funny Pages? Because I have not. I have not. No. Yet. No, not yet, no. I've heard it's good. Um, I've heard it's kind of mid, but. I've heard. Uh... Yeah, I've, I've heard solid things. It's Owen Klein who did. Uh, he he's the actor from the Squid and the Whale. Yeah, the kid, right? Yeah, it seems like because he's like, he's like an aspiring um crumb, comic book artist, right? Yeah, yeah, that seems like something I would dig. I don't know why I haven't watched it yet. Um, <laughs> uh, I think but, Tyler saw it. Yeah, Tyler saw a print of it in New York. Um. Uh, with Owen Klein there, so yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a few movies each year. I'm like, that seems like something that's way up my alley. I don't know how I haven't seen that yet. And that's one, and Mad God is one too. So I got to like Mad God. That's um a stop motion animated movie that is directed by uh oh shoot, Phil, what's his Phil name? Tippett. Yeah, Phil Tibbet, and he is the guy who did all of the like stop motion special effects for the first two star wars movies and a bunch of others he's like one of the goats of hollywood but he made an entire stop motion movie and it took him like 30 years to make because he's just like been making it in his garage (laughs) oh wow i need to see this yeah it's it like carson runquist put it on his top 10 last year because he's not at a festival Mm. yeah uh, 
So Charlotte Wells is taking this as she should. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Um. So then we've got best international feature. We have Atina from France, The Banshees of Inisherin from Ireland. Let's go, baby. I haven't even seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, Corsage from Austria. Decision to leave from South Korea. Happening, also from France. And Saint Omer, also from France. Wow, they really like that. half of these movies from France. And damn, this is more love. Every, than everything, the but this, everything but decision to leave here is from Europe. This is more love than France gets at the Oscars. Damn. Uh, so, um, Banshees is here, even though it's in English, because it's not an American film, and they only accept American films at the Gotham's, and same for the Indie Spirits. I, I have a question for you, George. So, if Banshees wasn't accepted, why was After Sun? Because that's a Scottish movie. Well, two American um, producers. And one of them, one of them is Barry Jenkins. Oh, true. Um, Banshees, I guess it doesn't have any, or it only has one. I don't know. I guess either way, it doesn't qualify. It doesn't have enough. Either way, it doesn't qualify. It's here, and I don't know if I would say if I'm inclined to say this or decision to leave, or honestly, even happening. I'd love that. That movie's amazing. Yeah, I mean, happening needs more damn recognition. Yeah. Um, Audrey D. Wan deserves a Best Director nomination. Um, just, just, just putting that out there. Um, I kind of want to say Banshees, to be honest. I want to say Banshees too. I- I'm going to say Decision to Leave. I'm going to say Banshees because I think it's a little more accessible. In terms of well, it's not even movie. not even that it's accessible. It's just that it's like critics are eating that up. Like, <sighs> it it has like a better Metacritic score, I think, than Three Billboards does, which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll have to talk later in discussing Banshee's chances of getting winning Best Picture because I don't think it's impossible at this point. I mean, there's a lot to talk about with Banshees. I, I think next, ba- next Saturday. <laughs> Banshees and Tara are definitely top five at this point, though. Oh, yeah. Yep. Ta- Tara, yeah. I actually have at number three. Damn. All right. Um, I think Banshees will probably win this one, though. But we'll see. Um, so, documentary. Um, we've got All That Breeze. All the beauty, the bloodshed. I didn't see you there. The territory and what we leave behind. Um, this is a you know it's a it's an, it's an interesting lineup, that's for sure. Um, I think the only wait wait has anyone here seen the territory? I've no, seen you know I don't. I'm, I'm going to dock and or I'm doing dock in my seat virtually, but I don't know if it's there. I'd have to check. Okay. Um, Fun fact, what we leave behind is 100% on Rotten Tomatoes for its audience and its critics. Fun fact. 
of the so last six people that has probably seen it. So there's two movies here that have been seen by someone on this podcast because Jasmine, you saw All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. And I did, Lester, yes. Lester, you saw All That Breathes. Yeah. And um, I, have a screener, I have a screener for I didn't see either. I just need to watch it. But that was at Sundance. All the Beauty and the Bloodshed has kind of been labeled as like a documentary front runner. It did win the Golden Lion after all, but you know, it did miss the Critics' Choice documentary best picture lineup, which is concerning to say the least. But regardless, I do think it will probably win here. I mean, I guess I just don't know what else would like maybe the territory. Yeah, it's doing really well right now. I'd say the territory, all that breathes in beauty and the bloodshed are definitely in the Oscar conversation right now. Yeah. Really the only ones to make uh CCA and IDA, which is the doc. That's it's a doc thing, are Navalny, Fire of Love, and Moonage Daydream. To make which one? Um, IDA. It's like a documentary, like a word. Oh. Done by like a documentary association. And they already put out the nominations. Um, I think it's a short list. I can't remember oh, if it's nice. a short list or like nomination. Yeah, it's a short list. But Navalny, Fire of Love, and Moonage Daydream made them both. So speaking of fire of love, is that not eligible? Um, I actually don't know. I feel like it would be, right? Good question. Navalny's probably not. Uh, Farlock's probably American Canadian. I don't know why it didn't get nominated. Maybe they just didn't like it. Fire of Love is, it's got a lot of, like, it's not fully in English, right? Hmm? I don't remember it being fully in English, right? It was like... It's mostly in English. It's mostly in English. But but even even if that weren't the case, documentary is the one category where international outside international or international films are allowed to compete oh interesting yeah and it's the same with the indie spirits too yeah i don't know i don't know why it didn't uh don't know why they didn't nominate it again that's a bit concerning yeah that's weird um it is possible they just didn't like it but again that doesn't necessarily mean the documentary branch won't go for it you know it is all, all, all archival footage, which is something they don't like. So it is something like against it. Um, but but then again, all to be in the bloodshed is like a lot of photographs and archival footage as well. So I don't know what what, what else there. It is in it is there is a lot like half of about like half of it's like in like present time though. So it's not all like in the past. Okay, okay. <clears throat> then. Okay, I guess it's not really the same thing. All right, so then we get to best feature, where we have After Sun, The Cathedral, Dos Esto... Estaciones, I think. Estaciones, thank you. Thank you, Lester. Everything Everywhere, and Tar. Definitely an interesting lineup. Definitely interesting, considering Women Talking did very well and did not get nominated. So um, this is this is not a very this is not an uncommon thing with the Gotham's. Um, last year, uh, both Pig and The Green Knight got nominated Best Feature and didn't get any other nominations. 
But that one's weird. That's kind of baller, though. Those are good news. Well, nope. I don't love Green Knight, but good nominations. You should love Green Knight because it's one of the best movies of the last 10 years. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> ah! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I got triggered. There were some other. There was a, there were a couple other big indie movies that did not get um in at the Gotham's last year. Like um, come on, come on. I think missed uh fully missed feature. No, not fully oh missed feature. Oh my god, Tristan. Um, I don't think uh, <laughs> I don't think Shiva Baby got in. I don't think Coda got in. So Amelia like, Jones got nominated, I think. Yeah, yeah, Amelia yeah, Jones and Troy Kotzer got nominated, but I don't think Coda got nominated for feature. So, I mean, this is just something that happens. Yeah, God, the Gotham's are weird. Again, the Gotham's are five people sitting around nominating movies. Like, they're, it's, it's, it's not like hundreds and hundreds of people. Yeah, it's so, weird Go- things are going to happen. Gotham's are definitely more whack than uh, Indie Spirits. Yeah, you can kind of never predict what they're going um, that being said, After Sun, Everything Everywhere, and Tar showed up as expected. And uh, is anyone going to predict against Tar? No. Me. Okay, I know you are, Lester. <laughs> um, I, I just feel like Tar is gonna, gonna do like a mini little sweep here. Yeah. And I, I don't see that replicating at the Indie Spirits or at a lot of other... Is Tar is Tar eligible for the Indie Spirits? Probably. <laughs> With its budget increase. That's probably. a good question. Because it, it, it does seem like a pretty expensive movie. What's Gotham's um, limit? It's like $35 million. What's for- Indie Spirits' new limit? Uh, 30 do we think it costs between thirty and thirty-five million dollars? Uh, I'm looking up the it's budget, and they not have... impossible. Wait, what is Tar's budget? Tristan Wilson's budget? Uh, they it's they didn't list it. Hmm. It's okay. not here. So I guess we just don't know. Was Triangle of Sadness not eligible? No, I don't think so. I. Th- that I think that had a kind of a big budget to be honest. 15 mil for triangle. Never mind. Um I mean it's a lot more than the square. I mean it probably wouldn't have gotten in. Um it probably just wasn't eligible, I guess. I think it was produced, it does not seem to be produced by have a production company that's like American. So yeah. it, I just don't think it. I just don't think it was eligible. It's 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 Sweden. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't get an international, which I mean, like, there's only one English language movie in international there, so uh, I don't really know how that would factor into it. But um, that's about it for the Gotham's. We've got a film festival um, to talk about. Um, Uh, Lester. Yeah. You recently went to Vancouver. Vancouver International Film Festival. Um, talk to us about a bunch of the movies you you saw there. Well, actually, I mean, 
we should probably go down the list of what of what of what you all saw of what you saw there. So um, I think Brett wants to talk about banshees. So we'll 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 start with banshees of Innis Sharon. I Wait, has, yet. Brett hasn't even seen Banshees yet. But I'm standing it already. Brett, you should still talk. I, about I know, it. I know he wants to talk about it though. Okay. Like, like he said, he wants to talk about it. So. Yeah, here I just like. I am excited. Okay, about Banshees of Inisherin. This is coming from someone who <laughs> was not a fan of three billboards. But right now, I've been watching in Bruges, and I think it's like a masterpiece. Yes. So I'm excited to see this type of martin mcdonough coming back but also it has this like aesthetic feeling for me i don't know it feels like this might sound weird but it feels like the green knight or the northman in a weird way to me like uh-huh. in it's in like a, it's a cool aesthetic of a, of a place and time and i don't know how else i can explain that in words at the moment because it's like regardless my own personal feelings aside also Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson are like, and also Barry Barry Keoghan, like they just have all my favorite people in this movie for some reason. <laughs> Regardless, this movie has since I think a few days ago it finally lost its streak. It was having a hundred percent Rotten Tomato streak for a while. Has been getting like top notch critic reviews. Something that I have seen that is that. People on Letterboxd who are not the um, people who love the Oscar indie darling movies, right, are also really resonating with this movie. I haven't heard any real negative buzz on it. It's number one hundred. It's number 186 on the Letterboxd Top 215 right now. Exactly. But, like, it feels very agreed upon already, and which is cool but i'm starting to think i'm like three billboards was a divisive movie okay it almost won best picture it was close um and i'm thinking this movie i know not everyone does but the that but i see a lot of people who prefer this to three billboards like a lot of people do and i'm like if this movie's getting better reviews than three billboards and it's getting agreed upon with not only people who love artsy movies, but like people who lean more into like Marvel type of movies who are also resonating with this movie, I'm like, it's just the one that just goes all the way. And I think it's one we have to look out for now. I, th- I think it could make some serious strides that we don't even realize within the next few months. <laughs> Hmm. I, I will say it's definitely top five. I think it's might even go so much by top four. Um he, here's what I'll what I'll say about this. And uh I think um yeah, you know, I, I've said this the last couple of episodes. I think um, I think uh, Colin Farrell is a bit of a threat in Best Actor. I can see him winning, actually. I I don't see it. Well, Tristan, you're blinded. 
Nah, like I love Brendan Fraser too, but like I can't actually see Colin Farrell winning. But it's like not really the type of performance that wins. I don't know. Was like, Francis McDormand the type of performance that wins in Nomadland? Was Yoon Ye Jung the type of performance that wins? Yeah, but Yoon, okay, Yoon was like, um, a, that's supporting. It's a little different. And uh-huh, then with okay, okay. Francis, I mean, she's Francis McDormand. And also, more, I'd say that that's more of a uh, Oscar winning performance than what Colin is giving. Because, like, I mean, I'm not saying that what Colin is giving isn't worthy. I mean, it's a, it's a great performance, but it's it's very subtle and it's also a you know it's a more comedic leaning film and like what brendan is doing is like it's so showy and he's got such a strong narrative and he's caked in makeup i mean it's, it is such an oscar winning type role and people are like loving brendan fraser right now they really want to see him win this so i just i, I don't see anyone beating him I think he's unstoppable. I don't. I. Mm, I don't know if you could say he's unstoppable in like October, like especially with a movie that as that is clearly as well liked as Banshees of Inisherin is. Yeah. Okay. The thing is, Tristan, the Banshees is more well liked by critics than the Whale. That is true, and might be more well liked by audiences as well. I will, I we'll, we'll have to see about that. Well, well, but I think there's a higher life box score than the whale. Are correct, but I think both of those statements could be correct, and Frazier still wins because it's. I feel like people are only going to see the whale as an acting thing, and Banshees has a lot more than just the acting, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, here's uh, the, thing. the whale is so good, though. I don't get this. And. No, I'm, I'm agreeing with you that I think Frazier is still like like very much in the lead. I'm saying yeah, but I'm saying that most people are going to look at the whale as Brendan Frazier's performance and I think most people are going to see Banshees of Anishirin as the new Martin McDonough movie. You know what I mean? That is true, yeah. What, what oh. I'm because I, I, I trust not, you're going to fucking scream at me. I'm still not convinced that the whale is getting nominated for best picture. I'm not. I don't I'm see not. that. I don't see that happening. It, like, it getting nominated? I, I, I'm not going to say I can't see it happening, but like, I think that, there, that some movies could just hop over it, like Triangle of Sadness, for example, you know, or, you know, maybe All Quiet on the Western Front, if that's, you know, something that people. I don't, really see I don't see triangles. I personally don't see triangles sound as in picture, but that's just me. Me well, neither. I, I think it's done. Um, I, I, I'll I'm probably not, think, I'll no, probably no, get a picture. I, I think, no, but tri- it is a barrier. Sag loves triangle sadness. Sag loves triangle sadness. So, um, all quite the biggest barrier is that it's in Berlin, which is unfortunate. And if we're talking about the whale getting mixed reviews, I mean, triangle doesn't really have the strongest. Yeah, but like Triangle has a more passionate fan base, I would say. Than the whale. The whale yeah, has reviews are really interesting. Really passionate. I keep forgetting that it's like a 60-something on 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 tomatoes. Yeah, but like also, Tristan, remember 
The whale got blanked at Venice, and Triangle Sadness won the Palm fucking door. Yeah, that's true. And, but, you know, it's Neon's only real contender, and A24 has already indicated we're not going to push the whale at the expense of everything everywhere all at once. And they're just going to keep on pushing everything everywhere. And the whale basically has no campaign right now. So, I mean, to be fair, the actors are campaigning themselves. They don't really. I, 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 yeah, I, I understand that. But and like, they are campaigning in completely different categories with the exception. Even then, even then, even then, even then, even then, they've just kind of dropped it for everything everywhere. They're clearly not pushing it as hard. I think, as I think their intention is just to push Brendan. I genuinely think that's like kind of their only plan. Their intention is just to push Brendan. I don't think they care about pictures. So, I so think... if they're not pushing, pushing it for picture I'd have and to I ask. think that's a, I think I think that's a bit concerning I, I think the thing is it, it to me it feels like Dallas Buyers Club where with Dallas Buyers Club there was so much conversation about you know Matthew McConaughey taking on this meaty role and losing all that weight and people went and saw that movie for McConaughey because this was a very different kind of role for him and he was such a beloved figure in Hollywood. And Frasier is similar where we haven't seen him on, on screen in a very long time. And he's back in a very different kind of role. And people are going to go out and see this movie. And I think Frasier is going to carry that to picture because this is going to be one of the most talked about films of award season. It already is. And I know a lot of people are saying that um, A24 isn't really marketing it. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that it is a tough movie to make a trailer for. Okay. You don't like you don't want to show anything um, uh, before people actually see the movie because it it kind of ruins it. Um, part of the part of what makes that film so um, powerful is like how it slowly unveils to you Frasier. Like it doesn't. Frasier's not in like the first at, at least. You don't really see um, the makeup and all of that until a little bit into the film. So, like, I, I feel like they want to uh, they want to show as little as possible. Even with that in mind, though, they're not pushing it nearly as much as everything everywhere. They're clearly showing where their priorities are. Yeah, but I, the whale. I think the difference is like everything everywhere is a it's like a top two. It's probably the front runner. Uh, while the whale is like a nine or ten, I believe A twenty four getting two movies in the best picture when I see it. But right now I'm kind of looking at Triangle Sadness. I'm looking at All Quiet. I'm looking at Till and being like, these guys can you know leapfrog the whale. They can leapfrog the whale. I think the whale needs to come out and then because like. I, I feel like we could see this huge story come out about the whale, Brendan Tra- Fraser transformation, his story. They don't even have to campaign it really. And then it can just maybe I was gonna say, I feel like picture the actor maybe writing and then that's it. Like, I don't like think the whale not having it. a trailer is, is so talked about. What the fuck? It doesn't have a trailer. Like, yeah. And like, Brendan Fraser is basically campaigning the movie for them, if we're being really honest. I, like, yeah, but he's he doing such up, a good job. Like he turns up somewhere and he gets a standing ovation and it goes viral on Twitter. Like, yeah, I don't think Colin Farrell is getting that level of press. 
Well, he's let, definitely not. Let, let me also. I, mean, I don't think anyone is. Maybe. Like, let, let me just argue. Videos. Like ever. Yeah. Let me just argue this for you, though, Tristan. Banshees is practically locked in for picture. Would you agree? Yeah. I agree. Okay. Yeah. It has a 90 something on Metacritic. And most movies, they get 90 something on Metacritic and get in for best picture typically win at least one award um screenplay i don't i don't have to satisfy with well no i mean sure but um wins at everything as well i think i think i think it's over the fablemans and screenplay to be honest yeah fablemans is four for me right now i have tar above it as well see the thing about it is this it's it's a chance it's going to win at least one award so what do we see it winning? Is it going to win screenplay? Well, if you think everything everywhere available is going to win picture, you probably need to have them winning screenplay. Um, supporting actor for Brendan Gleeson or Barry Keegan, whoever. Well, a lot of people think Barry Keegan's better than Brendan Gleeson. Well, maybe not a lot of people, but there's definitely some people out there, like the film drug, for example. But even then, I mean, is anyone going to be Kihoi Kwan at this point? No. Okay. So then, if it can't win screenplay, it can't win picture. Well, then there's like two other possibilities. Just Colin Farrell, the best actor. You know, it's a best picture nominee. He won the fucking Volpe Cub over over Frazier, by the way, because the whale is also in competition, and the whale also did happen to get blanked, in in, in Venice wins. Um, or Something I'm gonna get on here and argue for, Carrie Condon and supporting actress. Yes, because oh I mean, man, here's the here's the thing though. Here's the thing, supporting actress has kind of become the consolidation prize category. Literally, since Patricia Arquette won for Boyhood, every supporting actress winner has been the sole win for their film. So you know, obviously, started with Patricia Arquette. And, you know, Alicia Vikander and Viola Davis, um, Allison Janney, Regina King, Laura Dern, Yunya Jung, Ariana DeBose. Um, now, obviously, that stat is going to break at some point. Like, like, it can't last forever. But if it's going to continue this year because Fr- Brandon Frazier is just that good, or what I sincerely hope doesn't happen, um, Austin Butler takes over. Oh um, God! I mean, he's great. Uh, um, <laughs> but he's not. But great. if but if one of the one of them two one of those two possibilities were to happen, and Colin Farrell just isn't winning, Carrie Condon is right there, especially if the women talking ladies vote vote split, or you know whoever else is in the category just isn't beloved enough to to do it. A lot of people seem to really like Carrie Condon's work in Banshees. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. It, you know what? It, if it means that Frazier gets his Oscar, then sure. I, like, I don't think Claire's winning. I think there's, I think both Claire and Jesse Buckley will get in, but I think they're going to vote split the win. So, it, it, Carrie Condon's right there. Carrie Condon's like, right there. Yeah, out of those, like, because, I mean, Williams would have been the, the easy 
front runner if she's stuck in supporting. But since she's not in there anymore, there's not like one performance that screams winner to me. So like Condon could definitely take it because like the women talking, um, but people like both uh, Claire Foy and Jesse Buckley could cancel each other out. And then you've got I think Condon. They're cancel each other out, yeah. I would love to see Hong Chao win it, though. I know I'm just a whale stand at this point, but... Well, well here's, here's the thing, though. If it's not... If the women talking ladies vote split, and it's not Carrie Condon, who else? Definitely Sue. Um, Dakota Johnson. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Please make that happen. That'd be so good. Oh, man. Jamie Lee Curtis. When, wouldn't that be <laughs> no. something... No, not Jamie. No, we're not getting into this. We're not getting into this. No, we're not getting into this again. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis sweep. Let's go. Let's go. Well, hot dog fingers. I suppose there is one more person, but we're not gonna talk about that. Janelle Monet. I wasn't referring to well, actually, really, there's two people. Um, because I was thinking, yeah, okay, 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 Clayton Davis. Um, like, I, but people who have even seen the movie have said that, like, because Michael B. Jordan couldn't get in, like, Angela Bassett's probably not getting in, so. She's pretty beloved, okay. though. So, hear me out, but one of the people I was thinking of, um, and this is assuming that this movie gets into picture. Was, oh, is uh, this a Dolly DeLeon? Yeah, Dolly DeLeon, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd be down with her winning. That would be awesome. Like, I wouldn't complain about the one I Pretty much everyone movie. says she's the standout of that movie. And SAG does seem to really love Triangle of Sadness. So if that if she gets in and that movie gets a SAG ensemble nomination, I'm gonna be like, hmm. See, hmm. I don't I don't see Triangle in Picture though. It, yeah. it feels like a best picture nominee, it but it's also a, like there's a path. There's there's definitely a path. There's a path. I just I just don't see it. I don't even have it in screenplay. Yeah, I don't think I have it's it. It's a really hard movie to gauge on what if they're gonna I mean it can get in over Babylon, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't have Babylon. It's a really hard movie to gauge. Um, but I mean, I'm just saying, if like if Triangle gets in picture, I and and I think she would get in. I'm like, I'm gonna be I could be looking at that really closely because I'm just like, that could happen now. There's an avenue for that to happen. You could win. Um. But no, there's another person in that category who, you know, another person because uh, because of a certain category placement. There's that door is kind of, you know, nudged its way open. But you know, I don't necessarily think that that is a likely scenario. Gene Smart. Gene Very Smart is then. not winning. No, no, no. Gene Smart is not winning okay she has she does nothing in that movie except like give a monologue to brad oh i agree with you i'm just trying to figure out who you're talking i think george is talking about carrie mulligan oh yeah yeah yeah. actually she could win well good point i we're gonna talk about she said more when we get to the niff conversation with sam so until then um to quote david bowie and twin peaks fire walk with me we're not going to talk about Carrie. In fact, we're not going to talk about Carrie at all. Uh, I'm sorry, everybody. That it's was going to be a repeat of, of a I 2020 Volvo. <laughs> just predicting Carrie. I'm Carrie getting in, though. I know Matt Nugley has her winning. 
I'm just saying, let's, if the women talking ladies vote split and the other nominees, whether that's Carrie Mulligan, Stephanie Sue, Dolly DeLeon, whoever, whoever it may be, they're just not strong enough nominees to, to pull it off. Why not Carrie Condon? I mean, even Lester agrees that she that she could that she could happen. So I love this race in supporting actress. It's fantastic. It's fun. So wait, who does everyone have at one in supporting right now? Just supporting really... actress. <laughs> I still I still don't rank my predictions because I don't care enough. I'm not even gonna it. say who I have because you guys are not gonna like it. Uh, don't say Jimmy Lee Curtis. <laughs> Curtis and Sadie Sink. I've got to change. <laughs> oh, I see. I'm not going to. Are you? Anything. Are you? About this, so. Are you actually putting Jamie Lee Curtis number one? I'm a Curtis at one and Sadie Sink at two. Is that a serious prediction? I'm going to leave this call. Sadie Sink is five. Yeah. That's a serious prediction. Tristan, are you fucking kidding? I, I don't know how serious it is, but. Uh, gonna do it <laughs> okay oh my god okay um, so my whole point is banshees is gonna win at least one award i think and i'm just saying that could easily be colin farrell like why not right yeah I'm going first until he loses. Um, now, I guess we can also talk a little bit about. We've already talked a lot about the whale, so I mean, <laughs> Lester, did you even really give your thoughts on these movies here? Because, like, I think we need to like get some perspective on them from you. Uh, I'm not an Oscar expert, Ayo, <laughs> but uh, I I'll try my best. Um, I. What do you want to know? <laughs> Should I go in order of the movies I've watched? Um, yeah, you can start in order and we'll talk about them as we go. Okay, technically, Viv started on September 29th, but there was nothing playing on the first day that was interesting to me, that interested me, so I went and watched Bro. So I should I count that? <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, okay, but like my first movie at Viv was Empire of Light. Uh, what a confusing movie to think about. Well, right Fire of Shite. <laughs> I uh, haven't seen not, the movie. It's not but... shy. It's just Tristan's seen it, right? I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, do you agree? It's kind of like it has too much to handle and then it does not give justice to any of the themes it's trying to explore. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And like, it's... yeah, like the racial politics it's trying to explore is kind of um questionable. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I get what it's trying to so say. So going to love it. <laughs> you, you know what it feels like, Lester? It's kind of like a lot of the themes that he's exploring in that um, movie were very prominent in 2020, and it kind of feels like... I, yeah, you know, I, I, I read the David Ehrlich's review. I think it was David Ehrlich who said like it was kind of like a... What's the word? Microcosm of 2020? Like movie theaters shutting down mental health issues, the Black Lives Matter movement... And yeah, like I think Maddie like, said it the feels same like Sam Mendes tried to incorporate everything into that one movie about a, a about 
a love story set in an English coastal town with yeah, a and cinema. It, <laughs> and there's some really outstanding elements. Like the cinematography is incredible. I mean, it's I Roger Deakins, so like it's always incredible. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, some of the shots are going to be some of my favorite of the year. And I mean, the fireworks and the. I know everyone's been talking about Olivia Coleman in that movie because, like, she has a really Oscar scene. You know what I'm yeah. talking about, right? Yeah. But like, I kind of want to shout out Colin for because he just plays a horny man. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Michael Ward in it. To be he's honest. really good. I think he's actually even better than uh, Olivia Coleman. <laughs> yeah, I think he's quite a bit better than her. So, I have heard that some film festival audiences have actually really eaten up uh, Empire of Light, by the way. I can see people liking it. I just, for me, it kind of, it's kind of, it doesn't really explore anything it wants to explore that deeply. It's kind of like all su- surface level. Like yeah. Middleburg, which is a film festival full of a lot of old people, a lot of old people go to, um, they ate it up, apparently. Like, they fucking loved it. <laughs> Like, it was apparently that, the most well-received film at the Hamptons, too. It does explore mental illness better than the next movie I saw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can just imagine what that and was. And this is a good segue into the next movie I saw, which was on the next day. The next day I saw The Sun. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, people who like this I don't mind if a movie is manipulative. Like, movies are supposed to be supposed to manipulate emotions. But, like... What kind of like put me off from the sun was the the final 10 minutes. I, I think it was the final 10 minutes. It felt very surface level and felt kind of like it I I don't uh it tries to depict like the adolescent depression and I don't think it does it quite successfully. I think it like um what do you what do you think, Tristan? <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Um, like it feels very forced. It, feel, it doesn't feel just for us. It feels wrong. It does. There, there are certain things that happen in that movie that would never happen in real life that are only written into the film to make you feel emotions. And it just, it doesn't feel authentic at all. And like, I think it was Jamie Rabona who said in his review that um, it was a very bad choice to center that film on the perspective of the father instead of the son. Yeah. I I wouldn't mind if it kept changing perspectives and it was about this relationship. Oh, kind of how like the father kind of changed perspectives too. Like, but like the son yeah. didn't do any of that. The son is just kind of like a run of the mill. I don't want to even say run of the mill. It's kind of actually kind of a little bit bad. <laughs> yeah. But Hugh Jackman it's good in it, but like uh, the the script does not do him any favors. Yeah, I don't know if I'd nominate him for this. He's a great actor, but it's really not um, that impressive of a performance. I think he's given like, better in the past. If he does get nominated, I hope his Oscar clip is the dancing scene. <laughs> yeah, the dancing. Oh, instead his of the more so obvious good. one. It's so good. <laughs> That's the I best scene the- in the movie. Remember when we were like, yeah, Hugh Jackman might, he might be the thing that spoils Brendan Fraser like really early on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then everyone saw the Good movie. times. Good times. Yeah, those were good times. Like, remember when the sub used to be like our number four for picture? 
it was oh, funny yeah. like before i saw both movies i was rooting for jackman over fraser and now i'm like i can't believe i was even doing that um so i guess i'll kind of lump empire of light and the sun together because they're both kind of flops i think empire of light honestly honestly and you guys might not agree with this i think it's on its way to getting the french dispatch treatment like no nominations i can see that i maybe a score nomination for for Resna and ross but i don't know i think everyone I, says that the bones and all score is better to be honest i'd be a little upset if it didn't get score i think the score is really good mm, I, I mean like there's probably better scores to be honest yeah i mean there is a lot of great scores this year i mean i guess you can't count out deacons but like yeah I mean, the cinematography is amazing there's you know we're, we're also we've also got kanji which i mean even though bardo is like you know pretty pretty much a flop like it could still get cinematography because that looks like emmanuel lebeski shit yeah that that's some of the most insane cinematography i've ever seen just from the trailer um and then you still got all um all quiet on the western front that's looks gorgeous from the trailer i'm watching it get nominated it should get nominated i'm watching the movie tomorrow I'm watching the movie tomorrow, but because but like, I mean, goddamn, just from the trailer, it looks it looks beautiful. And then, as much as I don't want to admit it, Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> yeah, that that could. Yeah, that, I don't understand that the Top Gun Maverick cinematography. I don't understand this. I don't. They, understand they fly fast in paint plane. I don't. Yeah, cool. I don't. I'm not giving them an Oscar for it. No thanks. I don't understand that either, Jasmine. But I also gave the movie a seven out of ten. So. <laughs> Wait, can I, can I ask you guys a serious question? Sure. Do you know how difficult it would be to film and type the cameras that they use into a cockpit of a plane and have that plane fly as actual G-forces go on their face? It's not like the cinematography in that movie is not aesthetic. I'll give you that. But like, it's impressive cinematography and the fact of like how on earth they actually film that. Because like, I mean, I'm nomination for that. I'm sorry. It's impressive. I'm does it, does it, does it look it. better than like Trial to Chicago 7? Yeah, obviously, but like that's a really low bar. Yeah, no, but I'm not saying like I'm not saying let's give let's get top gun cinematography because it has aesthetic cinematography, but it's best cinematography, it's not aesthetic cinematography, and that is really I suppose, but I still I, I still I still don't I still don't um think it should get in, but regardless. It, this is also kind of weird, but like they, okay, you guys are gonna think I'm strange, but they they really like do. shot the movie in a in a way that like really made uh Tom Cruise look jacked and like <laughs> I know he's already jacked. Tristan, Tristan, I know. <laughs> I it, Tristan, let me just say, let me say this, let me say this. I know what you are. No, I think the beach scene, like in particular, I know what like, you that, are. That's an aesthetic. I know what you are. No, <laughs> It's aesthetic cinematography in a different way. I, I know shirtless one on a beach. I know what you are, Tristan. I know you are. Um, Mama, let's research. Um, okay. If you guys somehow don't know, I'm referencing the homophobic dog game. Um, yeah, but like, I mean, cinematography is kind of stacked. Um, and then there's actress, which, you know, I mean, obviously the Michelle Williams' wrench was already pretty substantial, but 
you know, a movie I assume we're going to be talking about later, Till, Danielle Deadweiler, everyone's saying that she's like win worthy in, in the film. She is. Uh, amazing. I'll find out on Sunday. Like, can Olivia Coleman really keep up? Is Olivia Coleman really British Meryl Streep? That's going to be put to the test this year. And, and I think if Margot Robbie was moved into supporting, like speculation was there for, then I just put Olivia Coleman back in. But it has been confirmed today, as I suspected it would, by the way, that Margot's going lead. So clearly, like Olivia Coleman is going to have to put up a bit of a fight to get nominated here, especially for a movie that a lot of people really don't like. And I know that some people are like, well, The Lost Daughter wasn't exactly beloved, but The Lost Daughter still had better scores than this, and it was critically acclaimed. Empire also, of Light is not critically acclaimed. Also, 2022 is a way more stacked year than 2021. Like, the competition is unreal this year, so it's, it's going to be hard to get in. Uh, like, especially, I mean, the five just seems so locked in at this point. Viola Davis is probably six, so Coleman would maybe be seven, but then you also have Naomi Aki, mm-hmm. who, I mean, it's an Anthony, yeah. Anthony McCartan um, penned film, so she could get in. So I would say Coleman's eight, which is, that's not good for her. I, I don't think she gets in. She's probably not happening, yeah. Um... I guess maybe at SAG if like Babylon has screener issues, but even yeah. then they could just they could just nominate their favorite actress Viola Davis. So, like anyone else think Babylon's going to be kind of like a make type thing? I mean, I've been saying for a while that this movie is not coming close to winning Best Picture. Like, yeah, yeah, I still firmly believe this. Um, but I, I, I mean, I, I, regardless, I think like Empire of Light is just not, I think it's just French Dispatch this year. Both Searchlight, um, especially since Searchlight clearly knows that they're, that they're pushes uh, Banshees. So, I mean, well, yeah. Speaking of Banshees, I saw that on the same day as The Sun and it was so much better. <laughs> so, yeah, so... <laughs> It's not a high bar, but yeah, it's way, way better. We already talked about Banshees, so I guess like to go on about the sun. I mean, if if Best Actor wasn't as weak as it is, and like Hugh Jackman wasn't a previous nominee and a name, then like I would probably also say it's coming for no nominations. Because like, is it really gonna get screenplay? Like, no. Um, but at the same time, Jackman could still miss for like a Diego Calva. Um, my concern about Diego Calva, though, is that he very much plays the straight man in the movie. Like, there's not a, much showy about his character. So, and he's obviously an unknown, which isn't necessarily a problem, especially given that Austin Butler is getting nominated. But um when you're an unknown and you're not really doing, your character's not really given much to do in your film, it's not really a very good sign 
if you are looking to get nominated. Um, and I, I mean, who else is going to get it after that? Like Tom Cruise, like just yes. stop. <sighs> Let me just say, I, and this is coming from someone who, you know, as I just said, I gave Top Gun a seven. I thought it was a decent movie. I don't, I don't see how it's the second coming of Christ like everyone else seems to think it is. But even if you really love the movie, you got to admit Tom Cruise is a waste of a nomination. Like that would be the most uninspired nomination in, okay, well, it wouldn't be as uninspired as Javier Bardem being to Ricardo's, but Javier Bardem was terrible and Tom Cruise is at least decent. Um, but I, I don't think he's just decent though. Like he is, sure it's, it's not the kind of performance that usually gets honored, but he's doing a lot behind the scenes too. Like if I, I think he could run a quite the campaign if he wanted to, because if you watch his interviews, he talks about how he actually trained all of the younger actors how to like, um, I don't know if he trained them how to fly the planes or like. He doesn't know how to fly the planes. Yeah, yeah he does. He, he probably had to be trained himself. No, he because of the Mission Impossible movies, he can fly jets. Well, I assume that he wasn't the sole trainer. He, there was like an interview he did where he was talking about how he like ran the boot camp and stuff, oh and like God. he was teaching them. I don't know the guy. The guy is incredible, and I think that he should. Well, his performance yeah. isn't really anything special. Like, from an emotional standpoint, I agree, but from an action standpoint, I mean. Look, it's it's not a very competitive year for Best Actor at all. It's one of the weakest lineups we've seen recently. And he hasn't been nominated in so long, and he's been doing great work. And this is a movie that's going to get a Best Picture nomination. So you might as well just throw him in that fifth sl- slot and honor him for all the stunt work that he's been doing. He doesn't deserve He doesn't deserve it. Again, it would be a waste of a nomination. But, but like, who... Who would you want instead of him? Because I'd rather see him than Jackman. Well, I'd realistically. See him than Will Smith. It, well, Will, Will Smith is a whole <laughs> other can of worms. Um, uh, I mean, realistically, it's not going to happen. But, like, you know, A24, maybe she get the ball rolling up Paul Mescal. Like, yeah, that, would, that would be great. That would be an amazing nomination. I'd love that. Um, maybe you could put in, I don't know, Jeremy Pope in the inspection. Is he a, like a well-known name? Cause I had never heard of him until this movie started making waves. He's well-known on theater, but. Oh, okay. Um, but I mean, like, I don't know. I don't, I mean, you know, or, or, or actually really the person who really should get the campaign rolling. People need to be talking about him more. Park Hyel in Decision to Leave. Or Song Kang-ho in Broker. Park Hyel is better. Um, just, yeah, just, why aren't we hyping up Park Hyel? Why, why do we have to hype up Tom Cruise and not Park Hyel? Just saying, just saying. Anyway, why not hype up both and not hype up Hugh Jackman? Because Park Hyel is um, does twice as much as Tom Cruise. 
Um, Arkael does not fly a jet. Okay. <laughs> but I'd like to see that. That would be cool. Anyway, mm-hmm. Brent and Lester, you guys still here? Yeah, I have 14 movies to run through, so... uh. Yeah. I'm going to speed run. Oh, speed run record time. Let's go. <laughs> uh, next movie, I saw Banshees of the New Zealand, I just mentioned, and then the next day, I saw All That Breeze. I was fine with it. Documentaries are not my favorite things. So, like, I think Jasmine would like it better than me. <laughs> uh, and then after that, I saw The Whale. The Whale. Oh, I cannot pronounce WH. Oh, uh, The Whale. Oh, like, holy shit. I really trust in this is an amazing movie, and I think it... Uh, what can I say? <laughs> like, the hype for this movie was so insane. Like, the, the stand-up, the standby line was around the block. Like, everyone wanted to get into it. And then, like, after the movie was done, there was, like, a huge standing ovation. And then when Brendan Fraser's name came, came out in the credits, there was another huge standing ovation again. <laughs> And uh, after that, I rushed over to After Sun, yes. which was um, it was amazing. And like Paul Mescal should definitely get nominated, but I don't think he is. I think he's just gonna get nominated at the Indie Spirits in the Gotham's. That's it. <laughs> he did get it at the Gotham's. Yeah, he did get it in the Gotham's, but like, I think his nomination stopped at Indie Spirits, unfortunately. Unfortunately, yes. And Very like cool. the the under pressure scene in that movie holy shit i told these guys when i saw the movie because i was the first one to watch it you're not going to listen to under pressure the same way ever again and, and then yeah after i and then after some was the last movie for that day and then the next day i did not go because even though on that day triangle sentence was playing it was at 9 p.m. and and I'm not gonna stay in downtown ever until like 11:30. <laughs> so like I skipped I skipped Triangle Center, but I did see it a week after this, so it's all good. But like, and then like on the fourth, I saw Plan 75, which was ja- the Japan, which was the Japanese submission to interna- the international feature category. It's fine. It's no. Like it has an intriguing premise, but it doesn't really and it, and it explores it through three characters. But like there I feel like one character you know if you know what I'm talking about, you see it, but like there's one character that felt felt very forced. Not forced, like she didn't really have anything any she didn't really have much to do in it. She kind of felt shoehorned into it. I would like to see more with that character. The whole movie, the movie as a whole is fine. Yeah, yeah. And then after, and then on the same day I saw close. Jasmine saw close, right? I did see close, yes. It was very good. It was it was like it was also kind of manipulative, but like not as bad as the sun. I don't think it was personal. Like so that's just me. It has like yeah, it has empathy for the two kids in a situation which the son did not have. 
but like, like, I think I needed to talk more about some of the themes. Um, I didn't love the endings, but other than that, I thought you mean close? Was good. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to remember what the ending was. Oh yeah, I felt yeah I felt like the ending was kind of like too neat. I I felt wrapped. Like, yeah, I I I I feel like there was more they could have added to like the story and in, in some places, but um, because like. It's hard to talk about close without spoiling it, but like the thing that happened and that happens in it, it's kind of obvious if you just saw the trailer. And if you didn't see the trailer, let me tell you, my audience was very surprised. Let me tell you. Mine too. I heard like a lot of gasps, gasps and then the I heard a lot of sniffles afterwards. <laughs> I'm like, I wanted to cry, but my expectations were too high because because Jasmine told me it was so sad. I cried. I cried twice in the movie. I, I kind of like shed one tear, I think. Yeah, I, cr- I cried twice in the movie at very specific points. And then the next movie I saw, which was the next thing, I saw women talking. Uh, I need to see it again because I, I was not in the right mindset. I was kind of distracted. I don't know why. I was like kind of exhausted and then like but like it's still I can still focus on what what's good about women talking and uh I I do think this is gonna win the SAG ensemble if if there are no other movies but like I agree that Foy and Buckley are kind of like what? What? What do you say? Like, uh, splitting the vote, right? Yeah, I see. I there's no kind of really one standout from critics. You could say that any of them are like standouts, and you'd be correct. And like Ben Whishaw is amazing in it, and it's kind of weird to hear him talking in an American accent. <laughs> I thought it was good. I wouldn't personally nominate him, but I did think he was good. And I would not complain if he was nominated. And like a lot of a lot of already has been said about his color grading. So I won't I won't beat that dead horse again. But I uh I it did bother me for the first 20 minutes but I kind of like got used to it. <laughs> but like and I think what saved saved it for me and was like the the ending it has like one of the most powerful endings of the year interesting oh and uh brett left <laughs> brett fell asleep yeah he did uh but he'll be back on for uh tomorrow's segment with uh sam so okay really uh after women i only saw women talking on that day and then the next day i saw corsage i don't have much to say about it it felt it felt like you need a primer on who Empress. Well, let me see the Empress. What's the Empress name? Empress Elizabeth of Austria is. You need a primer on who she is and what she, how she is as a person. Because like, if kind of like the story is operating on the assumption that you know the history of this Empress, which apparently is a, pr- a pretty famous monarch in European history but I didn't know who she was before this but Vicky Cripes was is it Cripes? Vicky Cripes was amazing in it but like the movie was as a whole was for me it was extremely dull I couldn't get into it (laughs) and then it kind of felt like Spencer but like I 
it did have it was it didn't have that kind of surreal dreamlike imagery in Spencer that I want that I liked in Spencer. <laughs> so like I think I don't know about you all, but like Professor Boys isn't for me. But then I followed that up with decision to leave, <laughs> which was the best movie I saw at the festival. Thanks. I mean, I am a huge Park Chan Wook movie, and I and I finished his filmography before I saw this, and I would safely say this is like his third best movie after The Handmaiden and Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. I know I have Lady Vengeance very high. Above Old Boy. Yep. Whoa. Like this. George, do you feel like decision to leave was kind of like sanded down to like to be more accessible to a general audience? Uh it, it, it still does have that kind of in terms of aesthetic, yeah. No, not aesthetic, like kind of like like uh the story too. Like it, it isn't as violent or is it isn't quite as disturbing as Park's other movies, except like cyborg, but like you know what Again, I mean. Again, I think it it would be an aesthetic. It's, I think it's is least violent, but I do think it's pretty dense still. So I mean, it's it's a lot denser than anything he's ever done. I think. Oh, when you told me that it was dense, I thought it would be hard to follow. But like, it was a pretty straightforward story. No, it's not. It's when I say dense, I don't mean hard to follow. I mean you have to think about like, what does it, what does it all mean? What is the movie trying to say? I guess yeah, you can. Think, yeah, I and, guess you can. For some people, that might be a little bit difficult to think about. I guess yeah, there's a lot that on a thematic level, but like for me, I I for, for my first viewing at, at least, like I'm 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 engaging it on like a story level, like I'm going along with the ride, if you know what I mean. Uh huh. Yeah. Like and like Tong Wei should get nominated for Best Actress, but that's not happening. I have her in my 10 just because, fuck it. I mean, it's not like anyone else is getting nominated anyway, so. Like, she's so good in that, holy crap. Yeah, I mean, yeah. She's like, the uh, movie, better than the somebody movie, others, yeah. The movie is surprisingly funny. <laughs> I didn't expect that at all. Like, I mean... Park Chang-wook has a twisted sense of humor, and he's like, he, there is a twist. Yeah, there is a kind of a twisted kind of humor in most of his other movies, but it isn't quite as overt as like uh in as it was in Decision to Leave. I would say it's a bit uh overt in the Handman as well. Um, like you can very clearly tell that there was um there was definitely an attempt to add more humor in there. But I feel, yeah, The Handmaiden will still be Park Chan-wook's best movie. I don't see anything else that will top it. But that decision to leave came close, actually. It didn't really come. I don't know if I'd say it came close. Like, I still I still put Old Boy above it, but... Like, um, I feel, yeah, I feel, it felt like decision to leave was like uh, seeing a master at, at the top of his game. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And then I have three more movies to talk about and then I'll be done. Okay, uh, I skipped the next day because there was nothing to watch. And then on the on October 8th, I watched Emily starring... Uh, what's her name again? Uh, Emma Mackey. Yeah, Emma Mackey. 
and it's about the and I think it's a fictionalized telling of Emily Bronte's life, the author of Wuthering Heights, because like not much is known about her personal life. Uh, from what I read from Wikipedia at least, but like it's it kind of reminds me of Little Women, but it's a lot more moody and sad because of the English weather. <laughs> uh, like, hmm, interesting. It's too bad, and it has an amazing score too. But like, it's too bad that uh, U.S. audiences won't watch it until next year. Unless it leaks. Wait, wait. Um, I mean, it's. I think it's already released in the U.K. though. In theaters, it is. I don't think it's on um, video on demand in the U.K. But like, uh, it's. What was I gonna say? Uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, but like I don't think Emily, even if it releases like, like in the fall, of twenty twenty three, I don't think it will get any nomination because uh, Bleecker Street is handling the U.S. distribution. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wasn't really thinking about it anyway. So it should it should get some like costumes or like cinematography, but like. Eh. And then on the final day, I saw Alcaraz, the, what's it, uh, the Golden Bear winner. Yeah, from Berlin. I don't have much to say about it. it it's not an eye type of movie. It's very, it kind of reminds me of Ruben Austin's movie too, only less humorous. It's like you're Interesting. watching. It, it reminds me of Force, Maj- Force Majeure. It kind of focus on focuses on family during a time of crisis. Okay. But like, from what I've seen, uh, from 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 the two Ruben awesome movies I've seen, he likes to depict characters like they are on the upper in the upper class, right? Um, like, I don't know about the square, but like first, first Mario was like the family was kind of like an upper middle class, and then like uh. Triangle Tennis was like full of rich people. Well, the square is very much a class uh, satire. It's a it's an art satire. I'm yeah, not a fan like, of the square. Ruben Austin focuses on like the upper middle class like struggles. I don't want to say struggles. It feels weird, but you know what I'm saying. Alcaraz kind of does the same thing, but it focuses on a like a I don't like a low middle to lower middle class family who's who's getting evicted from their orchard. Their their or I, I don't I don't remember the food, but like it was like they're getting evicted and they don't have any they don't they cannot do anything about it essentially. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of the whole movie is just watching every family member deal, dealing with their daily lives and then dealing with this crisis too. And yeah, it does remind me of, Ru- yeah, it does remind me of Ruben Austin movie, just not quite as humorous. And it's, it's a, it depicts a different class of family. I suppose it's an interesting comparison. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't, but I haven't, um, I haven't watched the movie yet. Uh, and then the final, and then after that, I followed it up with my final movie, with which was Broker. 
Oh, I and I hot take. I kind of prefer the over softlifters. <laughs> I agree. Do not agree with that at all. I think it's significantly better. Like, no, I wouldn't say significantly, but like, I do like it better. Like it more than softlifters. Tristan, that is an incarceration worthy take. Shop okay. I like shoplifters. I'm not like against it or anything like that. But broker really hit me. But like broker, kind of have, kind of has some a similar story and similar themes to shoplifters, and then which makes sense because I I read on Wikipedia that he Corey Eda said it was meant to be a companion piece to shoplifters. Oh, interesting. But this this one is set in South Korea and it starts Song Kang Ho. And I, I agree, I do agree with George that Park Hae Il is better. I, I think it's Park Hae. I don't know how to pronounce Korean names. Uh Park Hae Il is better. <laughs> but like Song Kang Ho is also it's also great in broker. It's just it's a lot more understated than Park Hae Il's performance. So Interestingly enough, like I think uh, Song Kang Ho is great in Broker, but out of the three lead actors, he's my least favorite. I found the other two a lot more interesting, especially um, IU. Oh, yeah, she's. Yeah, she's in my supporting actress lineup. I think she's amazing. The, like, it, the Broker. I except for like the final five minutes, which was kind of confusing for me. I had to ask George and Tristan about to help explain it for me, even though this is a pretty straightforward movie. But like Broker kind of like warmed my heart in a weird way. <laughs> and that's and that's all the movies I saw. And I'm done. Okay. Um, so I guess that's the end of this part of the episode. We'll be coming back in, you know, just a minute in, in the um, runtime of the show for Sam's portion of the uh, of the episode. Uh, thank you for coming on, Lester, and uh, let's move on over to Sam to talk about New York and uh, Hamptons as well as a few other things. It's intermission time. Time for refreshment. During the next 10 minutes, you're invited to visit the refreshment stand, where you'll be greeted with fast, friendly service. You'll find hot dogs, juicy hamburgers, and mouth-watering delicious pizza. There are refreshing hot and cold beverages, ice-cold cola, and orange drink. Goes great with an order of crispy French fries. Then there's a wide selection of your favorite candies and other delicious snacks. And there's always a fresh batch of hot buttered popcorn to go with the rest of the show. So visit the refreshment stand now during this 10 minute intermission and add to your enjoyment of the movie. We're happy to have you with us tonight and hope you'll come back often. Right, this is a uh, part two of this uh, episode here. Um, 
last time we uh, had uh, Tristan and Brett on with uh, with Lester to talk about Vancouver International Film Festival and um, you know other certain developments like the Gotham Awards. Um, Lester is back with us tonight. However, um, Tristan and Brett are not here because they are preoccupied with uh, other things like um, um I'm so sorry that's a that's a horrible horrible joke um but we have Jasmine back on and uh we are bringing on Jared for this half of the episode hello and we're bringing on Sam for this part of the episode you all know him hello okay um so really quickly to Sam and um, Jared, because we, we talked about this more in depth yesterday, so I won't go through everything again, but what did you two think of the Gotham Award nominations? Um, I, I'll just start with my first big thing of it's just really weird how everything everywhere didn't get screenplay on, but Catherine uh -huh. Colbert did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that little saucy baka. But yeah. um, every jury has like five people. So yeah. Um try and look through them. Um lots of love for the inspection, which I kind of like because that's like one of those films that I'm like keeping an eye on. And just um seeing it get some love here is really interesting. I don't think it, of course it's like Oscar worthy now. I did a couple of weeks ago how the, the crazy like gets all guts no glory type of deal playing and Jeremy Pope in for best actor. Um I guess there could be a parallel world where that happens, but I don't know. But anyway, appreciate that love and the after sun love as well. Uh yeah. <laughs> I really like the nominations. I think that lead performance category, I am, I'm not someone who, I mean, at this point in time, I don't like the idea of putting both acting categories into one because it's like, I feel like there's a lot of room for like odd judgment. Cause it's like, if a man wins, then it's going to look sexist. But if a woman wins, then it's going to be viewed as performative. So it's like, I, I still think that people should separate the two categories just at least at this point in time i don't think the oscars are going to combine it into one I'm not the oscars, i don't think we'll ever do it but i, I i'm, I'm not really a fan of it at least it. now i think a lot of these smaller shows can handle it though yeah really probably. Well, though. but they did a really good job i mean they nominated of course deadweiler blanchett yo who are like going to be holding hands the entire award season um and then Brendan Fraser, of course, and I really love the Paul Mescal. I like the Aubrey Plaza nomination. That was that cool. was a really good nice nomination. I'm glad they were. Yeah, I mean, I, did Jeremy Pope mislead? Because I think he did. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of annoying. But yeah, I mean, also Buckley over Foy. I, mean, I like the Taylor Russell it was also a nice. Yeah, seeing her, that was cool. That was cool. And the Mark Rylance is for Bones and All because I've heard from the people who've seen Bones and All that his performance in that movie is like so scary and intense and just so well done. So, also we can say hello to Naomi Merlant's only 
nomination this season. Probably. I was so happy about that because she was amazing. <laughs> she was super, super deserved. She's really good. Really. Yeah, we uh, love our um, actresses from Portrait of a Lady on Fire um, getting <laughs> getting awards. Um, I guess there's not really much else to say. You know, Tar's going to sweep probably. Um, yeah. But I think like Troy Kotzer last year, Kihoi Kwan is going to win here. I agree. I agree. Um, all right. So uh, we have more film festivals to to discuss. Um, Sam was at, you know, two separate uh, film festivals. And of course, Jasmine was also at uh, Calgary Film Festival. Um, but Sam was at the Hamptons Film Festival and at New York Film Festival. So um, what should we start with? What movie should we start with tonight? Uh, because there's there's a few that we like kind of need to talk about. Donkey uh, movie. No, oh yeah, EO. EO. Yeah, which I think only I've seen. Movie's fine. Not really for me. <laughs> Donkey boy. Um, for those donkeys, let me tell you, they should be winning. <laughs> Donkey boy. Um, okay. Should we start with Till? Because that was like the first major NIF premiere. Yeah. All right. And Lester seen it. So, you know, yeah, he just have some point. Um, I mean, the Emmett Till lynching act was passed in March of this year, and the movie about the story came out in 2022. So, there was definitely a need to tell the story and also obviously to get that act passed because it's been like what almost 70 years um which is ridiculous but i mean everyone is seeing this movie most people are seeing this movie main reason is because of the performance from daniel deadweiler which is my favorite of the year um and yeah i mean there is really no limit to her praise. She is just so good um, and so powerful in the role. And I'm really happy that people are really praising her because she's been good for a couple years. She hasn't really had a big role, but she's excellent in Station Eleven. You've seen that show. And she's good in this small indie movie called The Devil to Pay, which you know came out in 2019. It's kind of like her winner's bone but she was excellent in it. And I think she's really talented and I hope this gets her far because she's excellent. And uh, how was the film itself? Is it? I think it's better than people are giving it credit for. It's not like a Hallmark movie or like a bad biopic. It's genuinely very empowering. Um, some people are saying it's not a very dynamic movie, but that's kind of what the story is. Um, but you really see this 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 woman go through so many different stages, and it really it really teaches you what it is to be a mother in a lot of ways. And I think I think it's a good movie, and she obviously like elevates it. Yeah. Um, Lester, you also saw the movie. Um, oh wait. Lester's mic is muted. I don't think he's back yet. Um, well, while we wait for Lester to get back, um, 
Sam, do you want to talk about this movie's like awards potential? Because I, I think you have a lot to say about this. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Deadweller, I think, will get a Best Actress nomination. As I said, it's my favorite performance of the year. I think she's getting nominated. It's like, it's like if you're playing this person and you watch the movie, it's like really, I, I really don't see how you couldn't vote for it. It's just, it's just so powerful and emotionally compelling. It's just so much. Um, otherwise, I don't think it'll really get any nominations. If it gets pushed to adapted screenplay, I, th- I could see it getting there just because that category is infamously weak probably so. uh, but what I've, I've heard people talk about song yeah and song it does have an incredible song but I, I think it'll probably just be best actress I can see song just because like I, I mean like what else what else is there yeah I, I've listened to the song I listened to is the there song. is there a Diane Warren song yes <laughs> no no, no I've, I've, I've I have oh yes there is it's by Sophie, I think Sophia Carson singing it. So I listened to the song from the movie, I think on YouTube, and it sounds like something I would nominate. So they could all now lose Trevor Yellow. So but then again, we need to make um Oscar nominee Bitsky happen. Um for the song from Everything Everywhere. And also David Byrne is on it. So, you know, I mean we need, you know. I mean, shout out to all the, the Bitsky stands out there. Um, toss your dirty shoes in my washing machine heart. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was bad. Uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty good assessment of the film overall. I think, I, I do think there's a case to be made for this movie being like, the blind side or something where it's like mm-hmm. not 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 much is really like there to nominate it for but with the failure of certain other contenders like the whale perhaps it's, it's a movie that they could just put in at like nine or ten because the thing about it is that the 10 movie system doesn't always benefit the blockbuster films it's really it, it really it benefits the indie films that's what it really benefits and you know i i i am assuming that this is indie um at least relatively indie. um so i i think there's definitely a very good case to make um for it being that kind of thing that like you think the indie spirits, you know, would only the indie spirits would touch or the Gothams would touch, but for best picture. But then, you know, boom, it just shows up in like the top 10 for the Oscars for best picture. And it's like, okay, then. Didn't really yeah, see that I think coming. it would need a PGA nomination for that. I would probably agree. Um, the point side didn't get one, but it was, but you know, whatever. that was very weird. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it will get, um, a best feature nom at the Indie Spirits. It didn't get one at the Gothams. Um, it could get one at the Indie Spirits. I don't think it will, but it, it's possible. So, I mean, if it gets that, then I'm like, okay, this, it, this could, this could go beyond that now. 
I think the door would be open for something like that to happen. Mm-hmm. But that's something we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Lester, I think you're back now. Do you want to talk about Till? Oh, Till. Uh, I saw that last week. It played in like three theaters in Canada. I'm supposed last week. And surprisingly, the the Vancouver got one. I went there, saw literally it. three, by the way, quite literally. Only yeah. Three. <laughs> so like, yeah, I'm surprised that 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 the one I went to got it that early. <laughs> it was Vancouver, Montreal, and Toronto. I don't uh, matter. It's very upsetting to watch. They don't show the like. They don't show it, but you hear it. You. You, you they don't show the lynching scene but you hear it you uh it's already it's kind of it's already upsetting in that way and like mm-hmm. but i agree that daniel deadwater deserves that nomination she is so good in it and that and like she has a really good monologue at like right towards the end and it's like holy crap I don't know how what what else can I say about it? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what what do you think of the movie's like awards chances overall? Uh, again, I'm no Oscar expert, so uh, probably actress, but actress is kind of packed. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she's gonna get in. I think like I. Maybe I don't know. Even if she was bad, I still think she'd get in because it's so the type of role that like the Academy goes for. They nominate a grieving parent or like a struggling parent every year. I get that. No way. So like, I would. I'm. I don't know why I have this sneaking suspicion that Olivia Coleman would take the place. Till has like a 99 on Rotten Tomatoes though, and Empire of Light has like a 45. It's so oh, wait. weird. Empire of Light dropped down to 45. Holy shit. I, I, I was saying this yesterday. Empire of Light's on the way to the French Dispatch. Um, okay, territory. then maybe there's a. So this is the real test. Like, can Olivia Coleman survive like a lukewarm reception? Mm-hmm. But like, Deadpool's reviews are so strong. I just, I, I really don't see her missing. I don't see it either. I don't. I don't. If we're talking about like Oscar-y performance, Olivia Coleman has the more Oscar-y performance, but like I do think Daniel Deadwater deserves it more. And I think it will probably get in adapted. I don't know if they're well. They're putting it in original. It's original. But also the the Oscars can totally change that. Yes, they can. Yeah, they can. But like. They are currently campaigning in the original. I mean, yeah. just like with like the whole Michelle Williams, can they put her in supporting thing? It's like, okay, well, you know, it's probably just the, the smart thing is probably just to camp predict it in the category it's being campaigned in because you don't know what's going to happen. So, mm. I also saw like reports that they're maybe considering changing it to adapt, but I don't know. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious me. I mean, if it does, then like, you know. I it's mean, if it, if, it, if it changes the adapter, that will probably they it, the movie will probably have a better chance of getting in because original yeah. is kind of full. Too. Super. Cool. And then adapter is kind of like a ghost town. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, I have bones and all in there right now. So I have Tom Cotton ring in there. <laughs> Please no. Please no. Nominate bones and all. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, is that all we have to say about Till, or can we move on to um, I think only Sam of Leicester has seen it, so. Yeah, I'll I'll mm-hmm. I'll try to see it this week. I'm seeing Tar soon. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm really... seeing Sunday or Tuesday. So well, you saw Tar already. Um, I was talking about Tar just now. I'm seeing Tar soon. I'm so fucking excited for it. You're gonna, uh, really, like it. You're gonna really like it, by the way. Um, oh fuck yeah! Um, I'll try to see Till too. Um, you know, I I mean, I I think uh, there seems to be a bit um of a divided thing on whether Till is trauma porn, so to speak. Um, But from what I can gather, the director is very much trying not to make that movie. And I think what Sam and Lester have said about it, give me reassurance that it's not that. But apparently some people kind of see it as that. Um, Uh, My friend who is black did watch it and he said it is very it is very upsetting and he does have he does know people who are not watching it because it is a very upsetting movie so yeah it's 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 one of those movies that like you know i would understand if someone didn't like it or didn't want to watch it because it was it's just very upsetting in that way Mm -hmm. i mean Um, i'm just glad because emmett till's family wanted the film to get made and it's clear that all of the voices behind it are black. So it clearly, like 25 years ago, that wouldn't have been the case. So right. I, I am glad about that. And it genuinely does seem like the director wanted it. But I can see why people think that. It, I mean, just the story in general, it's kind of impossible to tell it without it being upsetting to watch. Yeah, I, I will say, understand why like some people don't want to see it because it's very traumatic. And... Yeah, I will say the trailer did not look like what people were worried it was going to be to me. I thought it actually looked pretty respectful in that regard. And I think it looked like like it looked like it handled the subject well. I mean, obviously it's just a trailer, but like I, I thought I thought based on the trailer, I was like, this looks fine. You know, this this doesn't look like it's, you know, crossing the line in any way. So, I mean, we'll have to check it out. I will probably um, give it a positive score. I'll probably like it. Um, I, I, I actually have not seen Clemency. I need to fix that. Um, but I have not seen Clemency, which is this director's previous film. So maybe I'll do that before I watch Till but that's what i did yeah um i physically don't have time but i've heard it's i heard comments you very good i i i almost saw it but i missed my screenings oh i i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't see it um and i just for some reason i just haven't gotten around to remedying that um i mean i I, watch todd field movies first i i will I will get onto that very, very soon. Have um, you seen them both? I haven't seen either of them, right? So I need to watch Little oh. Children and In the Bedroom. Um, well, speaking of uh, Todd Field, 
do we want to talk about um, a Todd Field film that came out this year? The woman of the moment, Lydia Tarr. Yes. <laughs> Let Tarr boxed as it as the banner is now on the letter on the uh, page for this movie. Uh, all right. Let's talk about Tar. Uh, who wants to go first? There's a lot to say about this movie. There is a lot to say about Tar. <laughs> uh, well, who wants to go first? Probably in the middle of coughing, so you can start, Sam. Okay. Well, I had been excited for this film since August of 2021 when I heard about it. The entire year, I knew it was going to be amazing, and it was. <laughs> I saw it at the New York Film Festival with a crowd that was super rowdy about it, and Kate Blanchett and Nina Haas and Todd Field were there, and it was amazing to see them. And it was also amazing because I'm pretty sure that everyone in my theater was gay. Because if you're at TAR at the New York Film Festival, then you're probably not straight. Um, <laughs> and unless you're like working for the New York Film Festival or something, or like a critic. And the U-Haul lesbian line just really routed up the audience. That was a fun moment. Um, but yeah, it's such an amazing movie. And it's just one of the, it really is one of the great psychological character studies. Like I was saying, like Daniel Day-Lewis, There Will Be Blood, like F. Murray Abraham Amadeus. It, it really is like Kate Blanchett said my turn and took on something like that. I really think it's going to become a classic, um, at least across film communities, because it's, it's really excellent. And uh, Jasmine? Um, the movie is fantastic uh Kate Blanchett is also fantastic she also loves playing lesbians which I also find very funny um she now has a trilogy of lesbian movies <laughs> which I think is funny <clears throat> but no um the movie is genuinely like super good um I thought the ending I thought I thought the movie was a little long for me I thought it was a little steep at the end but overall I thought it was really good my only kind of like hesitation kind of when looking at it from like an Oscar perspective is its nomination hall is so weird and could literally just be Kate mm. that I kind of don't know what to do with it it could be Kate or it could be like picture director actress screenplay editing score Nina Haas like it could be so many or it could be Kate like it should get directing because like the directing of the movie is like fantastic it's so good but it, it could just be Kate like I, I don't know what text this would get other than like maybe sound in a weird world this isn't kind of like something the sound brand would like go for but yeah I don't know um okay well this might sound like a potential Hot take. Um, this is a this is coming from someone who has not watched yet watched the movie. I kind of think that Todd Field is in for director. I think he should get nominated. Like the director. Like I think he's top three. I I I don't know. Cause like I really don't know if we have a top three for director yet. I I just I really don't think so. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That looks like director's branch catnip right there, is with tar. And here's here's the other thing. 
critics have got to get a movie in. And I know Ban I know Banshee's the second idea on Metacritic. But they gotta get, but they usually get like more than one in there. Like, you know, they didn't just have Power the Dog last year. They also had Drive My Car. Um uh, there's another year. They didn't just have Parasite. They also had Marriage Story and Little Women and The Irishman. They had a lot that year. Uh, they didn't just have Roma. They had The Favorite and you know and all these other, uh, all these other things. Like, there's gonna be more than one high '80s Metacritic movie that gets in. It's not just gonna be Banshees. Yeah. And the next most likely one is Tar. And. I mean, you've got a potential Best Actress winner here. You know, you've got Todd Field, who's been nominated before. <clears throat> and never for directing. And, yeah, never for directing. It's Director's Branch Catnip. It, it seems like it's kind of Writer's Branch Catnip, too. And, you know, I mean, I think I could get sound. Um, you know, and I mean, like, this movie is clearly not like Spencer or anything. And I know like some people are talking about, well, this movie's not really playing well with audiences. The movie's not, not Spencer, by the way. Not Those comparisons are stupid. Not yeah. every movie. It's not Spencer, and Blonde is also not Spencer. Like, yeah, I know. There is no, there is no Spencer. I, of I, I, I was not talking. I, I, I mean, I wasn't talking about Blonde, but okay. Um, <laughs> but like, it's it's been an awful comparison i'm just trying to say that spencer is its own thing yes um but the thing about people saying well it's not audience friendly not every movie that gets nominated for best picture is that audience friendly i mean like power of the dog yeah power of the dog mank uh you know a lot of other movies audiences hated power of the dog oh like, yeah they hate it they think it's so boring it's just like, you know, a movie does not have to be like 9.0 on IMDb to get nominated for Best Picture. Like, no. Like, that's like something, which I mean, does it help? Like, yeah, obviously. That doesn't mean it always happens, though. I mean, like, <coughs> you, you just got to kind of like, look at the circumstances and like look and see like the paths it could take and i think tar is a pretty easy path in right oh yeah i mean i currently have it in my 10 but i i just don't think it's impossible that it's only kate yeah i, I guess i, it's I not feel impossible. like there could be a reaction that's a little too cold and it ultimately doesn't get nominated for anything besides her. But I also definitely see a world where it gets picture director, screenplay, and even like supporting actress. Yeah, it's nomination hall. It's so like varied on like what it can get because it's like only locked for Kate. I mean, I guess it's only locked for Kate, but I don't know. I really think that Todd Field's gonna get it. Like, I, I, I think he's, he's like top three. I aspire to have your happier level of confidence, George. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I aspire to have this much confidence. I, I don't see a like a good enough reason that this would like just not land. 
I'm only the only confident because I have a director right now is Steven Spielberg. So <laughs> he's my only confident pick. Uh huh. Which I mean, that's obvious, I guess, but I guess you never know what's going to happen with uh, with him. Um, now I will say we did talk about. Danielle Deadweiler um, until, and we're talking about Kate Blanchett. These are two potential best actress winners. I would say two of the three potential ones at this current moment. Yeah. Um, Sam, I know you have another year, finally, where one of them will be deserved. Hasn't hasn't happened. happened in a while. Not since 2018. Um, I digress. <clears throat> uh, Sam, I know you prefer Daniel Deadweiler. And I Lester has not seen Tar yet. Uh, Jasmine's not seen Till yet. Yeah, I'll tell you my opinion on Sunday. Um, I prefer. Jared and I haven't seen either film. Yeah. Um, it's it's okay, Jared. You've got company. Um, yeah, <laughs> come on, guys. <laughs> um, I don't know what 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 do you all think of 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 this? Do you guys think it's going to be Kate or Deadweiler or like I don't know? I think Michelle Yeoh has Michelle the Yeoh all the way because Michelle Yeoh is the other one of those three. Yeah. So the thing is, I think Kate will win, like. BAFTA, probably. Okay, oh, she's winning the trifecta. We can agree on that, right? She's winning one of the trifecta. Yeah, she's going to win at least that. one. She's winning and one of them. She's right. going to win BAFTA, probably. But probably SAG New York, by is the way. after BAFTA this year. And is it? I think, yeah, it is. Oh my God. Everything, so weird. Everywhere is going to play really well at SAG. And the I mean, fact we know that I think she'll win there days before oscar voting she's gonna get up on that stage and everyone's gonna be crying and cheering and standing ovation and that's really gonna help right before the oscar voting well if we also assume that everything everywhere wins sag ensemble and i, th- I think it will um, it definitely could it definitely could because i mean if it's pretty much so unanimous at this point right now that kihoi kwan is is winning and the movie also wins SAG Ensemble. Is it then more plausible than not that Michelle Yeoh takes, takes SAG? Because I, mean, I think she, if- I mean, she could. If it actually does win three SAG awards. Either that or Viola Davis wins again. <laughs> oh my God. Good Lord, that, that would just be insane. Um, that really would be insane. It's possible though, she has like, I'm not saying it's impossible. It's just like (laughs) I feel like she could even win there and not get nominated at the Oscars. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Which would be hilarious. But was it Jennifer Hudson who got nominated for like respect and then turned up like nowhere else or something a couple years ago? Yeah. I mean (laughs) that's not surprising, but like Yeah, that movie played well with the SAG voters. I remember the screen. Which I think is hilarious. But well, here's the thing. I, I definitely see 
a scenario in which uh, uh, Blanchett does not win Sack. I, don't think I, she yeah, I, I can agree with that. I don't think um, I actually feel like Danielle Deadweiler's performance is very like actory and like it, it just feels like more sag than Blanchett. I don't know. Well, like sag's but also. I feel very, like the like, best popular. chance that Deadweiler has at winning something is actually the Globe for Drama actress. Now, here's what I'll say about the Globes. And we'll we might we may talk about this uh, as they come nearer. I think we're kind of, uh, this year, a lot of us are going to overestimate the Globe's going to Globe thing, like they kind of did last year, where people thought, oh, they're going to nominate Jared Leto at House of Gucci. They're going to nominate, you know, Ridley Scott and director. And for the most part, they just played it really safe. Yeah, like, because they don't want to get canceled. <laughs> they're basically a critics group. I think the same thing's going to happen this year. Not just in terms of nominees, but in terms of winners. So, I mean, like, obviously, in terms of winners, the only weird thing that they did was Nicole Kidman. <laughs> That's not that weird. That movie got, like, two big other two other big nominations, and they love Sorkin so much. They're obsessed with him. and they Yeah, love- but that was, like, the only Globesy thing that they did last year in terms of the winners. The only Globesy thing, yeah, but it wasn't that weird. Right. So, I think this year... They could just play it safe again and go with Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, SAG, I think, is their biggest hurdle. Also, because SAG tends to go fairly populist in terms of how they vote because of how many members there are. Yeah. And not all of them are actors. Obviously, they have social media influencers and they have weather people and news people. And stuff well, and social like, media influencers probably don't have that big of an influence. Probably not, because there's like 200,000 people in SAG and most of them are probably actors. But SAG tends to go fairly populist, and I can see her performance or like the movie being a little off-putting to some people. So I here's the thing. What tar? Yeah, I can see it. Kind yeah, of definitely. Well, here's the thing. I think Globes probably either Blanchett or Deadweiler. I would say Blanchett because I just think they're going to be safe. Um, yeah, Critic choice, or as we like to call them on the show. The Oscar Puppet's choice. So go for whoever's. Um, they're gonna go. They're going. They're going. Kate. They're going. Kate all the way. Because they think she's gonna win the Oscar. Yeah, they think she's gonna. Win. Yeah, that's why we call them the Oscar <laughs> Puppet's choice. Um, because they fucking suck. And Kate, I mean, probably gonna win BAFTA, unless I don't know. They really are unless taking everything. Know, everywhere really weird. does overperform there. I don't know. BAFTA could do fucking anything at this no, point. No, BAFTA is incredibly close-minded and racist. They've never given a woman of color best actress ever. You're not BAFTA wrong. Could, BAFTA's gonna do fucking whatever they want because they're fucking weird now. I hate them. So I mean, they'll probably still go with Kate, and, and then you know we get to SAG. So. That's one thing about everything everywhere. If it does that well with SAG. I think it really will. I can see it doing well with SAG. Because like if it ends up winning three somehow for And what SAG, if it wins like what if it gets like a stunt nomination too? Honestly, it probably that. will. I like I like I I mean, unless they just they just want to do a circle jerk of best picture nominees again, which even then well, everything everywhere. And the, um, unless they do like another weird one, like file got a sag nomination or something that was so fucking that was so fucking funny oh my god 
I would just um, like the funnier one was over in TV when Mayor of Easttown got us on this nomination. Oh my <laughs> god. Also just so stupid because there's no sense of that movie in that show. But whatever. Um but that but that's the thing. If everything everywhere just does that well, ensemble, actress, supporting actor, number one, if that happens, it's winning best picture. Like <laughs> if they just love it that much, then that's happened. <clears throat> I think there is a case to make for Michelle Yeoh at SAG, though. There really is. Um, it's kind of tempting, but I'm not sure if I want to go down that road. Uh, I could like Danielle Dudweiler right now if I had to like. Really? I guess I don't know. So that's like one of the things about. Deadweiler that you have to kind of keep in mind is that if a movie has only one nomination it's for acting those performances tend not to win I mean of course Till could you know it has potential in more than just actress obviously but assuming that's its only nomination I might be a little bit hesitant to predict that especially if she doesn't sweep so that's why i don't think michelle yo is impossible because uh, you know we just assume for a second that everything everywhere is going to win best picture or is top three i mean what if she just pulls a francis mcdormand and wins by virtue of being in the strongest best picture contender in the lineup and it would actually be very deserved it would be very deserved yes Yes. Like, I think Blanchett and Deadweiler are, are, like, better than Michelle Yeoh, like, as performances. But also, like, they're kind of more performancey movies, like, 100%. They're more focused on their lead actress giving, like, a performance rather than everything everywhere I don't really think is. Right. And... It is also winning another acting award. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not predicting Michelle Yeoh for the record. I'm, I'm, I'm with Blanchett right now. But it, it's worth considering. It is worth considering. I think you, you know, we have to kind of, you know, be keeping that in the back of our minds as as we move forward. Um, as we move forward here, I yeah, mean, I, I remember different to win every single one again, and then we're all just kind of left in mystery on the day well, of the Oscars. Hopefully, that's fun. The Academy doesn't rip my goddamn heart out of my chest again, <laughs> um, because that was painful. <laughs> that hurt. Did not like that. Um. Uh, yeah. Gerald Lester, what do you what do you two think? I know you guys haven't seen some of the movies, but what do you guys uh, think of the best actress race right now? Uh, I I won't see Tar until tomorrow, but even if I did see it, I have a feeling that I'll just stick with Michelle Yeoh all the way. <laughs> I gotta, okay. <laughs> I mean, yes, Lester is obligated to do this. 
I am Asian, so I am obligated. Well, <laughs> I am me. legally obligated. Specifically, specifically. I am also Excuse Malaysian, me. so yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Lesser is from Malaysia, there you and go. so is Michelle, Michelle Yeo. There you so. go. I'm like, I'm also Asian. I'm not. So I'm probably going to go with Kate right now. Um, Jared, what are your whole thoughts on this? Um, Frankie Kerr from After Sun for the win. Um, no, <laughs> she should get nominated. She should get nominated. Holy crap! Um, it's kind of just the same same things everyone's been saying. It's Deadwater. It's the three. It's Yo, um, Blanchett, and Deadwater. They're gonna be fighting, fighting, fighting. Um, and then I guess I'm gonna stay with Michelle Williams in that fourth place. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. And then. <laughs> five um kind of being a toss-up um I know not a lot of people are talking about it but it's still I have one of those gut feeling weird suspicions that um oh what is her of course I blank on her name but the actress where I want to dance with somebody they they can pull that Naomi Aki so yeah that could happen unless unless come December Empire of Light plays well for older academy voters then it oh, could be Lord olivia coleman but yeah i have a, <laughs> like a trailer for i want to dance with somebody in front of tar and let me tell you how bland that movie looks looks so conventional right it looks really bland i'm so excited for it though. it looks so conventional i like watched the trailer i'm like this looks so conventional and i'll go see gonna eat it, it my mom wants I, to see I, it so i, I will be one of those audience members <laughs> Yeah, my mom wants to go see it, so I'll, I'll take her. But the movie, it just looks like it's going to be basic and it's not going to do anything different than every other musician biopic that's come before it. But yeah. It is um, Whitney Houston and, and Naomi Aki is something the Academy could go for. So It is hard to deny a singer biopic. And it has out a December. fantastic release date, too. So written by, a big thing. Written by the writer of Bohemian Crapsody. Um, and Darkest Hour, right? Oh God! And the I theory hate of that movie oh, so much. It's so boring. Wait, did, oh, did they're all did, boring? Did Jonathan Price and Anthony Hopkins get nominated for the two votes? Yep. Yep. Oh, yes. so like Anthony McConaughey has a really good track record then. Yeah, that's yeah, why does. it's really hard to deny this. Yeah. The only thing is, it's like. Who do you take out? Yeah, it's like actress is so tight this year. No, like the she could thing, be the fifth. She really so, could. Be. Um, yeah, like everyone, and the only thing stopping her is is just they like other people more. That's like. Or if the movie's like, just flat out bad. I. That didn't stop Bohemian Rhapsody. I have. Well, Bohemian Rhapsody made a lot of money. I don't know. Just sorry, tangent. Could we just know the fact how much money Bohemian Rhapsody made, and the fact that no, no one's ever doing those numbers again. Like those wait what like eight hundred million dollars? What or happened? Why did it? Why was it so popular? Like I know it's Queen because Queen. Like, that's why. Well, I know it's Queen, but like eight hundred million dollars. Like oh my god! People fucking love Queen. Like those numbers are so hard. I mean, I think they're kind of overrated, but like I mean, still oh. people like like just thinking pre-pandemic numbers. Like I think like Black Swan made like eight hundred million dollars. Like, can you fucking imagine? Yeah, and I'm and I'm saying in like 50 years when the inevitable Taylor Swift biopic gets made, that's making like, <laughs> yeah. that's Let's making, go. That's making like a billion dollars. Love oh my God. Let's go. 
on the inevitable Harry Styles biopic. Can you imagine? You ready? <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, okay, I don't know. I think how do we how do we think I want to be in somebody's box office is gonna do? Good. Apparently people are applauding at the trailer in theaters. I really think it might be a hit because respect came out at a really weird time. Oh yeah. It came out in August, and that's August. like end of summer, like August has trash movies. Usually, That's not it wasn't the best release date. No, but in general, August yeah, doesn't August... have good movies usually because it's like the scraps of what were supposed to be the summer blockbusters. I don't know. It came out a weird time. Everyone forgot about it too. It needed to come out later, and then Hudson would have been more of a thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, which again, I mean, it's kind of why you can't. You, it's it's hard to say oh she's definitely not gonna get nominated it's just you know the issue is who does she take out you know, she, I, I, I just a good think movie that she it's is... a good christmas movie everyone's like what do we want to see over the holidays with the family they're if they haven't seen avatar already if they've already seen avatar it's still probably gonna pale in comparison to avatar that's the it's also competing sense. against puss in boots which could be like if they have little kids they'll see puss in boots more i don't know <laughs> So and we, I think there's definitely see. like an audience for it, but there yeah, is an audience for it. There is an audience for it. Um, but I mean, Elvis did do really well. I know it's different. But say, like, what if, what if I, mean, I want to answer somebody makes a hundred million? I guess it's not impossible. It's just like again, the the thing is, is like you know, Avatar. Like it's got you know, Avatar in its way, and that thing is gonna make like. 30 billion dollars so uh um, yeah yeah i just want to shout out also um taylor russell and bones all just for like a manifestation that that movie somehow despite it being super freaking weird premise like something happens with it i don't know i just love taylor russell from waves and just heard great things about her and timothy shaman and just every single aspect of bones and all so yeah and out there in the world <laughs> it comes out the week after avatar and it comes out the same week as puss in boots and babylon oh by the way that's i don't hmm. know if babylon is really gonna do that well though babylon's probably not gonna do super well oh, no, I keep getting so do, you, for every do you think it would have done better though. if it did if it's stuck on its original plan like christmas day limited wide in january probably Maybe. Maybe. I just January is always that weird month of like nobody's gonna go to movies because they spent all their money on Christmas stuff, right? So you probably would only see Babylon in January if you were like awards junkies like us, you know. I mean, I think also Paramount is just a studio and a company that's had a really good year box office wise, so they probably were like, "Eh, "Let's take the risk. Let's just put it wide on Christmas and." The 23rd, it's like the Friday before Christmas. There's like a decent chance that I'm going to be um, out of the country the day that um, I wanted it to somebody comes out. So, I mean, I won't 
be there on. I, I will likely not be there on the day to see all the horror, all the horror drug, whatever will you do? You can't see. I want to see somebody opening day. Oh my god, I'm gonna be in. <laughs> I'm gonna be in Colombia when I want to see somebody opens. Oh my god, the horror. I mean, <laughs> the biggest, the biggest horror is not seeing Pessimbu's last wish. You I guys, know. It's like, oh my god, yeah. You? We should oh, fly man. from Colombia back. <laughs> For two hours to watch, I want to dance somebody, and then get right back on the plane and just. No, back. you also watch Puss in Boots, and then you fly back. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna see first. I'm gonna I'm gonna see Puss in Boots first. <laughs> Chad, that's a Chad move. Yes, Puss in Boots um, animation generally looks great. So, <laughs> um, I mean, not wrong. That trailer did look really good. Anyway, that's a that was a very long tangent about I want to dance with somebody in the, the box office. Also, it was fun. Um, it was fun though. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fun to see kind of how it does. It's it, it's just premiering at a really odd time for box office on around a lot of movies. Um, especially yeah. Avatar, which is making like two million dollars probably. So, do we have anything more to say about Best Actress overall, or do we want to move on to our next thing? I mean, there's so much we can say about Best Actress, but not right now. Yeah. This is okay. Just how crazy that category is right now. Um, let's talk about Triangle of Sadness for a little bit, because that's going to be a that that's an interesting, you know, case this season. So three people on here have seen it. I have not. I'm a very sad boy. Um, I'm with you as well on that one. <laughs> uh, you know, so Jasmine, Sam, and Lester, you know, just talk about what you thought of Triangle of Sadness, this the Palm Door winner of this year. I'm like one of the lower ones on it. I also saw it when I was super tired. It was the book end last movie to 14 movies at my festival. So I've known that I was super, super tired. I don't know. Some of it like didn't like click with me. I had like kind of I think like pacing issues <clears throat> and like kind of like issues with like like the but the first half versus like the the second half. Um, but the movie was like fine. I again I don't get the hype that everyone else does, but the performances were good. Dolly De Leon was great. The oh, I can't pronounce her name, but the actress who died. She was great, and it's really sad that we won't get to see like anything else from her. Um, no, movie movie was was good. I'm just kind of not as high on it as everyone else. And I did look away from the screen for a solid ten minutes during the vomit scene. So that's how it went for me. Sam, I know you loved it. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I saw it in a theater of at least a thousand people, and it was just a hilarious joyous experience i love satires i love european comedies i love the white lotus which this really feels similar to it's just really funny to me and i, I mean i get it. It, it i feel like people either give it like three stars or like five stars like there's not much in between i mean no i give it really, a third half but yes yeah like no one really hates it but there's oh, some no people less high it. on it Oh, I know people who hate it. Well, yeah, that was not true. I don't know. <laughs> it does have divisive reviews, but 
I, I mean, I think it's fantastic. Just yeah, I was so really shocked to see that like its letterbox score was so low. Or not letterbox, it's like Rotten Tomato score is so low. Like when I came out of the movie, I was like, this Metacritic is I was like, Yeah, I was like, I oh yeah, I was like, this is divisive amongst critics, right? I was supposed to take down on the rich, so like solid points yeah. for that. Take down on the rich. Um, it's kind of interesting because Hunter, when Hunter was on the podcast talking about Can and he saw it, he was like, "Yeah, there's a, there was like a bunch of yachts parking outside. Those same people were just like hollering and screaming at the movie, <laughs> <laughs> which you know is, you know, stay classy." Um, <laughs> uh, Lester, what did you think of this movie? Uh, I'm with Jasmine on it. I also gave it three point five stars. Uh. The only other Ruben Oslo movie I saw was Force Mayor. Uh, I was kind of lukewarm on that. I did like this one a tad bit more. But I do agree that the second half was kind of too dragged out. Uh, it did come to a very funny conclusion, though. Although it is a little bit abrupt. Uh, I can't say without spoiling, but I... Just yeah, I think Jasmine and Sam know what I'm talking about, right? Like it's I felt it was it ended in a place that was kind of I wanted to see more from it, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it was definitely a really abrupt ending. It was a cliffhanger for sure. But like it did come to a really funny conclusion, and I I really that was I really appreciate it. And also, uh, minus spoilers, this is the third movie this year to have a donkey. Yeah. Donkey donkeys boy. Are, donkeys are in this Donkey, year. donkey, donkey. Does the, the donkey say, um, I'm making waffles? Yes. Uh, yes, he does. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> I'm hearing conflicting reports. <laughs> yeah, I ultimately think your enjoyment of the movie is mostly going to come from how you think it's humor because if you don't jive with the humor you're gonna absolutely hate this movie i mean i thought the trailer was hilarious so um i don't know what oh, that yeah. says if you think me. the trailer is funny then you're gonna love the movie yeah, see it with the crowd like my crowd absolutely ate it up like they loved it like this yeah like triangle Sanders is like divided into three chapters i think it was three chapters right yeah yes the first chapter was the funniest yes yes it was I think, I think the, I think the first the stuff, one was the least funny. I, I thought all of the stuff in the boat was hilarious. Same. Interesting. Um, oh, I know what your favorite chapter was. I know what your favorite part of the movie was. <laughs> Funniest part of the movie was for you. For me? Yeah, was it the vomit scenes? Yeah. And Balenciaga. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the so one. Was- <laughs> That was like a prologue, I think. That was hilarious. Yeah. That was funny. Uh, oh my god, get away from us. Yes. Wait, H&M is here again. <laughs> Yay! I love it. Oh, I love it. oh, yeah. Really funny. Oh, man, I got the trailer for Pearl, and I was like, holy shit. This is also, I'm, very, I'm very sad I didn't get like those like triangle sadness flash bags that they've been handing out some of the screens. I didn't get one. I was very sad. <laughs> Um, there's another conversation I think, you know, is fair to have about this movie in regards to its, uh, awards potential, which, um, 
I've been a little bit up and down about um, because it kind of seems a little bit like um, the type of European don't look up, not in terms of, you know, humor and tone necessarily, but like the type of movie that, you know, critics not really huge on, but, you know, people who aren't critics are like, this is amazing. Um, I'm kind of starting to wonder, could this be like a number 10 slot over something like The Whale, for example? And I want to know what people here think of this, because I am very curious to hear this from people who've seen the film. I think it would, if it were to do that, it would get original screenplay. I think I, that personally, would, I agree. I personally, but I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. But I think the likeliest nomination for the movie is original screenplay. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I don't see the picture, unfortunately. Yeah. Me neither. Unfortunately, mm. or fortunately, I guess depending on who you are. Uh, Lester, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. This nomination poll would also be very small. By it's the way. kind of tricky. Um. I feel like the whale has a better chance because, like, Brendan Fraser can help propel that into picture. Mm. Uh, I think it has a. I think it has a better chance. It's also very emotionally charged. Triangle oh, yeah. is not. I've explained my hesitancy with the whale in picture a number of times, but I guess you know we'll have to do it again. But like you know, when we actually talk about the whale in this in this portion, um, we'll do that. Uh. Anyway, I'm very excited to see Triangle Sadness. I hope I get to see it after I see Tar at some point. <sighs> okay. Um, how many movies did you actually watch at NIF, Sam? Because there is a film that I want to talk about that you have not seen yet. Well, I, I saw 10 movies total at both festivals. At both festivals. Okay. To combine, I saw 10, yeah. So like five each, I think. Five each. Okay, what are the other two films that you saw at NIF? I watched White Noise. Mm. Oh, yeah, you're the only one we talked to who's watched that so far. Yeah, and something else. She said? No, no he didn't say that. St. Omar. St. Omar. Yeah. Did I see women talking? I went to NIF. I wanted to see it, but I couldn't. Rip. R.I.P. Yeah. I know I'm going to love it, though. So You are going to love it. <laughs> um, it's such a Sam movie. It is a very Sam movie. Uh, Want to talk about your thoughts on uh, uh, White Noise and uh, St. Omer? Yeah. Um, St. Omer is a very interesting movie. I think it's one you have to watch because there's some things I didn't fully understand. It's only like five scenes total. Like there are that is a slow movie right there. Um, but it's very real, very raw. But ultimately, I didn't think it was a very dynamic movie at all. It's from a documentary filmmaker, and it makes it kind of makes sense why this is her first narrative movie. I think it, it does a lot of interesting things. It's never really boring, which I was surprised by, and it has very interesting concepts. But it might have been a little either too subtle or too slow for me. Um, but I do think it's good. 
in terms of it getting nominated for international feature i think it'll make the shortlist but i don't know if it'll get nominated i just don't know if, if it's going to be enough i don't know but it'll probably make the shortlist my gut says no because france they're doing terrible yeah they do really the bad yeah I, I mean i just don't feel it really and yeah, then I think, I, like, I think in like the past like 30 years they've only won once yeah, and they've I only know. been nominated like 10 time. times or something like they used to be really, really good at the international feature, but now they're just shit. So like, <laughs> yeah, they haven't made the smartest decisions. But apparently, uh, this movie is is like the actual best one that they could have. Yeah, like Denmark have been doing really, really well lately in terms of like nomination. Yeah, Denmark seems to be what France used to be. France has only been nominated like every year four times in the past like 13 years i think i think the big thing um i mean the, i think what made france choose this movie was the um silver lion win at venice um mm, yeah, yeah, yeah which i mean that obviously would make it a very smart choice and like you know it has like a 90 something on Metacritic, which I mean, you know, it's, it's very, it seems like a very critic movie. But it kind of seems like people who aren't critics aren't really connecting with this one. Um, I know the 16th, kind of, on the 16th, so we'll find out. Kind of the opposite of Triangle of Sadness in a way. I don't think it's going to get an international, but you never know, I guess. Like, there isn't one movie right now that's like, oh, that's so getting in. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the funny thing about international this year is there's no frontrunner. Even this time last year, worst person in the world was the frontrunner for international until Jack My Car took over. I would say right now the frontrunner is probably all quiet. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Um, I, it's really crazy. That's not one where we're like, oh, this is definitely going to win, definitely going to get nominated. I still think you could. Yeah, but know. wait. I mean, uh, see, that's that, that's my thing. If decision to leave, if it was a system where only the international branch and people who saw all the films could vote, I think it would have a decent chance. I don't. I don't think it would have the best chance necessarily, but there would it would be there would be a chance. Given that it's now open to the entire academy, I. Yeah. don't think that chance is very big yeah yeah i think they probably would go for something that's a bit more palatable like all quiet which is you know very ironic considering that all quiet is not really the most palatable film but it's not um, dense it's all like 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 decision to leave is amazing but it's dense it's a very dense movie and you know someone kind of made me think shit what if it's close <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> I could see. I could see. I, I, I can. It's see such, it. such, such manipulative, emotionally manipulative movie. I give the movie an eight. So no problem. I give the movie an eight. I'm just kind of sick of queer stories being exploited in a way, because it's like you had such an interesting opportunity to explore this relationship, where you don't really know if it's queer or not. But then it's like I'm not going to spoil anything. But then it's like you make it trauma again. 
I, I just think it would have been so much more interesting if it continued on the path that it stayed on. Well, okay. without spoiling the movie, especially since I haven't watched it, I kind of get the impression that it's not really clear whether or not they're actually gay. Yeah, yeah, that's the point. And I, and I wish they'd kept going with that. I personally like that it was never really said. But that's that's just me. I quite liked the movie. I th- I would be completely fine with it winning if it won. And I can see it winning too. Because a lot of voters are gonna cry watching this movie. Yeah, that it made me kind of wonder. I mean, I'm 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 not really okay with the director of uh, the movie Girl winning an Oscar, but you know. Uh I I, I suppose worse things. It is a happen. significant step up. Not that the bar is very high, but it is a significant step up. As I have heard. Uh and what about uh, White Noise? What do you think no, of that movie? Yeah. It is a waste of money to me. The budget was $100 million. That could have fed two starving small countries. Oh. I'm serious. People are well, so divided well, on this movie. It's crazy. I just don't know. As I predicted, it would be. Yeah, too much. There's so just so much it. unnecessary visual effects. My friend loved it. <laughs> it's, it's so in-your-face annoying. Adam Driver's character is so annoying. I didn't like him at all. It's one of those movies that just, I don't know why it was made. It's very forgettable, too. It's just not, I don't know. Couldn't get on board with it. Yo, how's the original song in it? Nobody remember, I think it's called. I don't remember it. I don't know. I don't have much to say because I know that it's trying to be all wacky and not really cohesive, but it just didn't click with me because of that. I mean, I think Bombat kind of wants to say something about like the state of America with this film. Um, this is kind of the impression I'm getting, and it's just, I guess it's just a very weird way of saying it. But also, I've heard the book is like really, really, um, uh, very much in the line of uh quirky if you will <laughs> which it's an old bomb back trying to be so quirky I, see i don't necessarily think that that's inherently a bad thing like i mean gene siskel who ironically was talking about north when he said this but he said any concept could work on film so i mean it probably could work if it were, you know, if it's done in that kind of a way. Um, okay. I think it's time we talk about a film that as of, as of yet, and it's going to stay this way for a while, none of us have seen. But it's a film that we've all been kind of looking out for, premiere that... New York Film Festival, um, movie called She Said, about the um, New York Times reporters who broke the Harvey Weinstein sexual assault um, case, and well, I sh- allegations, I should say. Um, it stars uh, Zoe Kazan and Carrie Mulligan, and it premiered at New York Film Festival at two Pretty solid reviews. Um, Critics pretty solid, but 
it has like a 3.6 on letterbox i think right now yeah um, i don't know i just i just see a path for this movie to do really well with industry members so, and so here, audiences are gonna eat it up audiences are gonna absolutely they so up. are <laughs> like i could see it being not that it's gonna win best picture but it kind of reminds me of spotlight in terms so, of yeah, I definitely not like spotlight level, but like yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah like the yeah, same okay. kind of movie. Yeah. So, so the thing about this movie is kind of weird. Like we kind of start to be like, oh yeah, that that that's a movie that killers do well, and we kind of think this throughout the year. But as we see, oh, this movie's not going to TIFF. It's not going to Venice. Well, I didn't really expect it to go to Venice, but whatever. Um, it's not going to TIFF. It's not going to tell you right or what? What is happening with this? movie is it just gonna premiere and that's it uh but no it, it they decided they wanted to premiere it in new york which in, in retrospective does kind of make sense it it makes sense but like it's, it's weird but it makes it's sense. kind of weird that they also didn't make it the opening night film or the centerpiece film like they did with the irishman you know um but, yeah, and then it's know, going to afi i think it's going to afi it was well, at london it was at london it's at it was at a bunch of those um you know boomer film festivals like uh middleburg and montclair um and uh you know so it's still playing the festival circuit it's just kind of it's just kind of late <clears throat> uh it has pretty solid reviews solid reactions i didn't necessarily think it needed those in order to make it in because you know the trailer it, it looked kind of mid like, I mean, it looked like a kind of standard, like, um, journalism drama. Yeah. Like, like a standard journalism drama, which, I mean, I saw I'm Your Man by this director. I have not watched Unorthodox, which she won an, uh, a directing Emmy for. Um, but I saw I'm Your Man, which I was like, oh, that's a really good movie. So, you know, there's definitely talent here. And obviously, I like the actors on screen. And of course, Nicholas Patel is doing is doing the score, and you know he's Nicholas Patel is literally God on Earth. So, um, uh, we've got is it, it, it it has a lot going for it. It is definitely very bait, and oh yes, it's definitely the, the type of, of Oscar bait. This is it, <laughs> and it's definitely the type of movie where it's like it's good enough it's good enough to you know just pop its ass in there um for picture um now it's not gonna win it's nomination hall isn't like super it's duper low. high it's like five max i'm pretty sure <laughs> like but I, I i don't think it would have a very hard time making it in no, I can see voters eating it up. And people who I know who have seen it and loved it have said that the voters are going to eat it up too. I, I, just, I, I remember just, just seeing one guy who was like, oh, this is like, you know, best movie of the year, putting over everything everywhere. I'm like, I have not seen the movie, but that sounds like Cap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um, overall, what do we how far do we think this movie can go because i don't I, I really think 
what's going to happen is it's not going to do amazingly well. It's going to get like, if it gets picture, I think it'll get supporting actors because Mulligan's going there and adapted screenplay. And that's enough. That is totally enough. That is enough. Yeah. If it gets that plus PGA and Critics' Choice, that's enough. It'll get in. Yeah. I I don't know. I feel like general (laughs) members, people who've experienced this, this is a recent event. It's huge. It really changed the Oscars. It changed a Hollywood system. And if this movie is continuing to play well with audiences and voters, which it's it's already has been at screenings. And even though it doesn't have, oh my God, this is the best movie of the year fanfare. It doesn't have that 80 something on Metacritic. It doesn't have a 99 on Rotten Tomatoes. It doesn't have an eight point something on IMDb. It's it's still gonna be well liked enough to the to the point where voters will definitely fall for it. And I think it'll be good. Like, I really do think it'll be good. It will um, probably be, you know, at least like a, you know, solid seven. I'll probably like it more than Top Gun Maverick. Um, but, um, <laughs> sorry, I just really like dunking on that movie. Um, How dare you? <laughs> hey, look, 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 look. Not to go on another tangent about this godforsaken film. I just don't see why people see it as the second coming of Christ. Like, oh my God. I, I saw it, like I watched it a second time and my opinion on, on Top Gun just did not change. It's like, yeah, it's a, it's a fine movie. It's not really like Oscar worthy. I don't know why people are like, best picture. It's just like, no. Um, anyway, I just wanted to dunk on it again. Um, it will be, she said it will probably be a good movie. And I mean, of course, you know, we like our, you know, one of our stars in this movie. Um, she'll probably be very good. I don't think it's going to be one of her best performances but by stretch of the imagination, but I mean, um, you know, so can't go wrong, go wrong there. Uh, yeah, I don't really see a reason why this movie won't do well. I guess. I mean, if it's not like super duper beloved, then like it could slip a little bit. Like I don't necessarily think it's locked in, but I don't really see a reason to not predict it. Is what I'm saying. Like yeah, it, I just think I just think the movie's gonna play incredibly well to the Academy. And I think it's definitely more likely than the whale. I'm I'm sorry, Tristan, if you're listening to this. I'm sorry to all the Brendan Fraser stands, but you you're know. breaking their heart. You're breaking their heart, George. Look, I'm breaking everyone's heart tonight. Okay, I'm just like I've got I've got my knives out. The nukes you're are in the no air. Making no one happy. You're making no one happy. <laughs> the nukes are in the air. Okay, I already shot on Top Gun Maverick like a bunch of times during this whole damn episode. All right, the nukes are in the air. What do I have left to lose? Your dignity. Um, is there anything else to talk about with this with this movie? I mean, I guess we'll have more to talk about when we actually see it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's kind of hard because none of us have seen it. 
Yeah. A little bit hard to gauge. I'm excited um, for it. So. I don't know if I'd say I'm excited for it, but it'll probably be good. So, um, you know, I'm only excited for one thing about this movie. Well, really, two things about this movie. If you, you know, because, you know, Nicholas Patel probably going to make it, probably made another banger score as he usually does. Um, but yeah, um, there uh, are like five other films that Sam saw at the Hamptons, and we can go through all of those. Mm-hmm. I'll just start with them. I mean, there are some movies I already talked about Close, which I saw there. And then I saw um, My Policeman, which I don't think needs that much. I mean, just to me, it was just a solid drama. Um, just solid movies. I don't have much to add. It's kind of entertaining. Definitely not boring. A little cheesy. Um, Probably not going to watch it. I thought it was okay. Yeah. You don't need to. Um, what else did I see? I saw Banshees, which I yes. assume you talked about. Yeah, we did. Lester, Lester saw it yesterday. Well, he didn't see it yesterday. We talked about it yesterday. I should say. <laughs> um, apparently a great feckin' movie. Yeah. And I assume we've already talked that. about it's awards prospects, but I think, I mean, my thing is, I think it'll get double supporting actor. Oh, interesting take, because I'm going to put that in, because here's the thing. Guess what, Sam? I agree. I agree with you. Good, because here's the thing. What's going to happen with the Fableman is that there's no consensus in whether Dana or Hirsch is is better than the other. Yeah. Also, no one's saying that either of them are really worthy of getting nominated. I mean, it's like there are people saying they're worthy, but no one is passionate, it, it seems. Whereas both Keegan and Gleason deliver performances that people are praising more and more as time goes by. Gleason was already in, he's arguably top three in that category, but more and more people are praising Barry Keegan by the day. And I ultimately could see him pulling a Jesse Plemons. Like, I can totally see that. He has enough of the role that I think it can work. And I think Banshees is really well-liked. Can't believe we're snubbing Dano again. When will this man get an Oscar nomination? Or maybe he'll be the one of the two. I hope so. But I I, I don't see both of them. I I really don't think either. I I don't think that both are going to make it. I think if there's a, a, a movie with two acting nominations in one category it'll be women talking and banshees i also want to know your opinion on well really two things number one i have been saying for a while that i think colin farrell could win over even over brendan fraser and his like apparently really just spectacular performance Okay. Do you agree with this? Because I, so there, I have two, I have two things about this. So the thing is, you you seem to be really hesitant about the whale getting a best picture nomination. Very. I am the only one here who's seen it, right? Jasmine, have you seen it yet? Well, Lester no, Lester's seen it. Lester's I saw the whale. Oh, okay. So, I, I mean, I'm I'm just gonna say this. 
every time Brendan Fraser walks into a room, he gets a standing ovation. Like he will, he could walk into his bedroom to go to sleep, and there will be a crowd <laughs> sitting there clapping for forty minutes, and then he'll be like, "Can I just sleep now?" While they're still like crying and clapping. I mean, he's at this point in time, it's like the emotional factor of it is so high. Every screening of this movie, people are crying at the end. And even though it could miss, because it's a stagey movie, and it has a 60-something on Metacritic, audiences will really like this movie. My friend said that too. My friend said that audiences will love it because they'll probably all cry. Yeah, and I think it'll get adapted just because that field is weak. And oh, ultimately, yeah. I know Banshees is a stronger player, but I rewatched it tonight. Colin Farrell's performance is very subtle. Very subtle. And so you're he, Benedict I mean, that hasn't stopped some people. He has, he has it hasn't, one yelling. It really has. Who? Uh, Anna Francis. Best picture. Actress is different. Actress is different. And that was a really weird year. But um okay well, it really never goes to a subtle performance especially in an upset i mean affleck's kind of subtle but yeah but that was not an upset i i i understand that but still i also i don't think like i haven't seen the movie but i don't think i don't think fraser needs picture to win no i think he could win without picture from what i've been told he could yeah win but i think i think hong like... chow is also going to get nominated oh i don't have her but we'll... i think so uh, I have some issue. I, I think I think it's gonna play well. I think the comeback narrative. A lot of people are saying this reminds them of Mickey Rourke, which you know obviously is a little frightening. But Mickey Rourke upset a lot of people in Hollywood. He had a lot of issues um, regarding certain things. He was more controversial. Whereas Brendan Fraser, like no one hates him. There were people who didn't like Mickey Rourke. And his film suffered from the lack of a Best Picture nomination, but there was only five slots. And I, I think Brendan just has more love. This really is a comeback where people missed him and he has the role of a lifetime. I mean, it really is hard to watch it and think that they could vote otherwise, especially since Farrell is just, it's such an understated performance. And there's just, just... So, much, so much facial expression rather than... I mean, he might scream once and cried once or twice. Brendan he's Fraser been a, he's is like... He's been in a Cumberbatch. He, he totally is. I just find it kind of weird that Banshees wins not one, but two Venice Prizes, and the whale gets blanked, and that, you know, Fraser is like this lock that's supposed to, you know... Yeah, but the carry Venice Film Festival is very pretentious. I understand that, but I mean, still... I think like, Farrell could win, will win the comedy Golden Globe if that's where Banshees is going. And I mean, I, I mean we, we talked about the fact that he could pull a, a, like a Olivia Coleman, Marion Cotillard thing and win the Golden Globe comedy and BAFTA, whereas Brendan wins everything else. And sure, but Coleman and Cotillard were big performances in more liked movies. I mean, Banshees is about as liked as the favorite, in my opinion, but, you know. It, it could be, but I don't know. It feels more like last year. Uh, we'll see, I guess, but I, I, I mean. I don't, I really don't think he's going to win. I, I mean, I really don't. Okay, well, here's the other thing I want to ask you about then, because, and I, 
you can apply this to tar as well, but I'm not like we're we're done talking about tar right now. Um, I said in the last part yesterday that movies that get like a 90 on Metacritic often win at least one award. Um, you know, this is true for most 90 plus movies on Metacritic um, that get nominated for Best Picture, that is. Um, like obviously, you know, movies that have 90 plus on Metacritic get no Oscar nominations. Like, you know, I'm not counting that. Um, so if Farrell is not winning, if this movie does not win screenplay, and by extent does not win picture, and it's not going to win supporting actor, the only other award that feasibly it could win is Carrie Condon, the supporting actress. And I think that is totally possible. Okay. Thank you for agreeing with me. Because I have her out front right now. I, I really think she could. And I, deserved. Yeah. I would understand it. Uh, because I think a lot of there, there are a lot of people who kind of think that she's the best performance in Banshees, which um, you know, there's some people who don't seem to agree with that, like Tristan doesn't really seem to agree with that. Maddie, who we had on the show, yeah, I think Farrell is the best. But like, I mean, if Foy and Buckley vote split, and Michelle Williams isn't thrust into supporting, which don't think that possibility is as likely as some people think it is by the way um yeah totally. then why not why not carry condon i mean okay. there's a couple others who could who could pull it off but like carry condon seems like the one who might benefit from it the most mm-hmm. i think so too uh now uh, the other films that you saw. Um, Empire of Light? A.K.A. Flopire of Shite, <laughs> as I call it. Um, I haven't seen the movie, but I just like dunking on it. Because um, <laughs> yeah, it just does not look like a movie I'm going to like at all. Yeah. Ooh, did you Even like that- it, Sam? I, I did like it. I hate I hate to admit it, but I was won over by it. It uh, is yeah, go ahead. kind of messy thematically. Like it tries to say a lot of things about this time period, and none of them feel fully explored. But the movie is just so like well made and really beautiful to look at and it's never boring at all and olivia coleman is very good michael ward is very good um i don't know it's just prime oscar bait that i fell for um what do you think of my take that this is on the way to being this year's french dispatch just gets nothing i mean i can see that but i think it'll get score and cinematography Okay. I mean, those are still in the cards, obviously. I'm just like, I just kind of feel no one really likes this movie all that much. Yeah, old white people people will. I heard an old guy at my theater whisper, she's amazing, halfway through. (laughs) Oh my God. I think it played really well at Middleburg, I'm pretty sure. So, which is a lot of old white people. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess it's still somewhat possible, but like, I mean, it, the reviews are really a lot worse than I thought they would be. I kind of anticipated that they wouldn't be great, just kind of based on what was said at um, the test screenings for the film. But they were a little bit um, lower than I thought they were. Like, I mean, David Ehrlich just hated oh, yeah. it. I understand hating it, but I was swooned over by it. Yeah. Um, and the last film you saw. The that, Whale. The, oh, wait. We already kind of talked about The Whale, but I mean, yeah. you can give your thoughts on that. So I think it's an amazing film, very emotional. It's, it's, I mean, it's just harrowing. It's kind of scary, thrilling, intense movie. It really never feels too claustrophobic or like we're trapped there in a bad way because, I mean, we have a character who's mostly immobile, but it's a very cinematic approach to it. And I think that it does a really good job at keeping you engaged. Um, excellent movie. And do you see it getting in the picture? We just talked about actor. But, yeah, I do. Okay, interesting. Uh, hmm. I, I just, I think there, there's the emotional factor. I'm not saying it can't, to be clear. I'm definitely not saying, oh, it's just impossible. My thing about, about this, though... A24, and, and yeah, I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say, Jasmine. You're going to say, well, they're relying on word of mouth and name recognition to get it across. But they've kind of, it, they've almost abandoned the movie, it seems like. And even, you know, even with this whole word of mouth thing, they're kind of already indicating, now we're going to go all in on everything everywhere, which is, you know, what they should do. Because, like... I mean, again, all they need to do is just focus on Brandon. But, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think they could do both. I, I, I trust them. Their stars are doing most of the campaigning for them, so they're not doing a whole lot. Yeah, but at the same time, like... If they just campaign Brendan, is that enough? If they mm. only campaign Brendan? I don't know yet. I think we have to wait a little they have bit. Brendan walk around and just get standing ovations everywhere he goes. Yep. <laughs> hmm. I mean, again, I'm not going to say it's not possible, but I just kind of have my doubts about it. I would too, but I'm not that worried. And, uh, well, I can't have Lester help me out here because he's he left. Um, Jared, what do you think of all this? Um, I don't know. Just <laughs> um, like the the whale really needs a trailer, but I think it's also like 
I guess it's it's just hard for A24 because they know once something more gets released, then it gets it becomes the internet's thing to mess around with and make fun of it. And they don't want to do that. But at the same time, you're gonna need something to tell people that this is a movie that exists. So <laughs> Yeah, they need to release a trailer for this damn movie because like I they mean, also people, need to, people are excited just, for it. They also need to reveal what they're going to do with Close, because they dropped a trailer for that, but no, like, release day or anything. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what the hell is going on with that. Because, I mean, they released After Sun already. Like, mm-hmm. I, I guess After Sun just got better reviews. Um, and it's probably a better film. Um... But yeah, it's kind of weird that they're that they haven't announced what they're gonna do with close yet. Um is it the last A24 movie that hasn't come out yet? Because the inspection's coming out pretty soon. So we have Causeway on November 4th. We have the inspection on November 18th. Um we have the Eternal Daughter on December 2nd. And then you the whale on course. December 9th. I know it. <laughs> oh, okay, that's a plus. <laughs> um, oh yeah, Jared, Jared's really good at keeping track with release dates. Um, yeah. What's on December 9th again? I'm sorry, I didn't hear On the whale. Oh, the whale, okay. So... Is that doing limited first? You know what? They haven't confirmed it, but we might as well say yes, right? Okay, so I'm going like, to be at the end of December. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling myself January around here. Like. <laughs> uh, I guess what, what I assume they'll do with clothes is like limited end of December wide January. Probably. But it it doesn't seem that they've confirm that that's what what they're gonna do and like you know i kind of need it because like, to come out because you know i got film ball points waiting for me <laughs> in one of my leagues like um yeah like come on i, I need the metacritics point i need the national international nomination points if it's gonna win i need the win points you know like i i just i just need it dude i need I, like i need the possibility to have like okay well i'm not gonna get animated and documentary and international in either of the leagues I'm in, but, you know, still. Uh, anyway, I think that kind of concludes the end of this one. Um, not the most interesting episode, I guess. It kind of lost a little bit of steam, but, you know, it's, it's late. It's late at night here. We've talked a lot. Um, but thanks for listening to our show and um click the like if you like and please 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 subscribe please don't cry you know and follow us on <laughs> I, I, I can't do the fantano thing um but like you know anthony fantano gold derby horses uh, forever 